0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله حمدا الشاكرين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد قبل القلوب ودواء يا الابصار وضياء يا الابدان الاجدان وشفائها صلى الله عليه وما على سيدنا محمد as promised uh, the subject of Al-Isma'u sifat the divine names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we will be proceeding with the discourse uh, relating to the split between the group of uh, pseudo-Salafi movement and the group known as Al-Sha'irah the followers of Ali bin Ismail al-Ash'ari Today, in the modern age, we have a split between these two groups. One claiming that they absolutely represent a when it comes to the interpretation of al al kareem and the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu relating to the divine names and attributes, and the other group al who are heavily involved in kalām. Dialectical theology, and they also have the claim that they represent a sallallahu salihoon in the interpretation of the Qur'an al-Karim, the, the verses relating to the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa taala, and as well as the ahadith, the, the reports, the prophetic reports, which mention the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa taala. Now, the inception of this discussion is important. Because it relates to Usul al-Din, the foundations of the religion, the principles of the religion, and also the split that we observe uh, amongst the uh, amongst the large sec- segment of the Muslim community, uh, followers of the four schools, al-Hanabilah, the followers of Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahimahullah taala, passed away in two hundred and forty-one, as well as the. Sunni Muslims who follow the other Aima, uh, the other Imams. This discussion, the inception of the discussion, is from the claim made by a Salafia. A Salafia here is a broad term which really is inclusive of the followers of Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab. So you had a Sheikh Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab in the 1700s from Eastern Arabian Peninsula who had his movement which became known as the Najdi movement and s- many of the scholars referred to it actually as the Wahhabi movement and uh, like Asawi ta'ala, and Ibn Abidin uh, near contemporaneous people to Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab even Asawi, Ahmed Asawi in his commentary on the Jalalain, the, the commentary of uh, Al-Qur'an al-Kareem written by Jalaluddin as suyuti and Jalaluddin al mahalli when he refers to uh, the movement of Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab as the Khawarij, this was expunged. I mean, that passage was expunged in some of the later prints because of political expediency. But the passage where Ibn Abdin refers to the movement of Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab as a Khawarij movement, meaning from the Khawarij, and that remains in the Hashia, which is known as Radul Muhtar. And this shows that in that contempor- in those contemporary times the movement of Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab was seen as a Khariji movement. Today we see an attempt where some of the Salafis would label other Salafis as being Khawarij. So you have the followers of Rabi' al-Madkhali labeling other Salafis as being uh, Khawarij but they failed to mentioned that the very founder of the movement, Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab, the very basis of his movement was by taking the sword up against the Khilafah at that time, the Caliphate, the Uthmani Caliphate, which ruled over uh, the the Arabian Peninsula and and many Muslim countries uh, in that time. So this movement of Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab gained momentum, especially after the founding of the Saudi state. When the Saudi state was founded, a particular brand of hanbali interpretation of the divine names and attributes was disseminated throughout the Middle East. So at the turn of the 1900s, you had reprints of certain books, of certain works being reprinted uh, and disseminated even in countries like Egypt. And then today we have a brand of Salafism which is known as Madakhida or the followers of Rabi Al-Madkhali in, the, in Birmingham. They are represented by uh, Naika Alam who is known as Abu Khadija and uh, Amjad Rafiq and also known as pubs, meaning uh, Salafi publications based on Wright Street in Smuleet. And they write this, uh, they have a website ashariz.com a long-winded website the individual who writes this is he's known as Abu Iyad he really needs to take English classes in terms of uh, learning how to write coherently uh, because to date there is no coherent uh, clear uh, exposition on the stance relating to al-asma'u wa sifat in fact much of what is written is confusing. So now what they do is they label labeled Ash'ira as Jahmiya and muattila and Falasifa, which means Jahmiya follows of Jahn bin Safwan, who was a person who passed away in around 130 Hijri. Al Imam ibn Hajar al Asqalani rahimahullah, ta'ala in Fathul Bari in the Kitab al the last book. Of the Sahih, Jami' al Sahih of Imam Bukhari, he mentioned some of the history of Jahan bin Safwan and Ja'ad bin Dirham. These were individuals who, who were around during the Bani Umayyah uh, dynasty, uh, toward the end of the Bani Umayyah dynasty, just before they were toppled by the Banu Abbas in around 130, and uh, Jahan bin Safwan was killed by one of the governors but Jahm bin Safwan introduced a concept of Ta'aqeer which is to strip Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of all his names and attributes this ascription is given to the, the Ashā'ira today meaning what do we mean by Ashā'ira? the term ash'ari is an umbrella term which is inclusive of a majority of the scholarship of the Ummah of the Prophet sallallahu from the time of Ali bin Ismail al-Ash'ari until today, so the scholars of Azhar, the scholars of Karbala, the, the scholars of Zaytuna, the scholars of Pakistan and India, the vast majority of them, the uh, vast majority, the vast majority of the scholars of Ashan, uh, Yemen, and even in uh, Arabian Peninsula, the scholars of Ahsa, the scholars of Makkah Al-Mukarrama and Al-Madinah Al-Munawwarah, meaning not these state scholars, uh, scholars who live in those cities many of them have the beliefs of this umbrella term which is known as Al-Sha'ira but they recognize themselves as the Ahl-Sunnah wa Jama'ah the consensus which was based upon the exposition of the true beliefs as laid out by Abu Mansur Muhammad bin Muhammad al maturidi and Abu al-Hasan Ali bin Ismail al-Ash'ari and al Ahmad bin Hanbal so these three groups they form what is known as Ahl-Sunnati Wal-Jama'ah while the Salafi movement is a movement which claims to represent the school of Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal and that goes on to the actual split within the Hanabila. so you have within the Hanabila those Hanabila who have the interpretation of the Salafi movement I mean Hanabilah means the followers of Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal and you have those Hanabila who have the same beliefs as Ash'ari in many of the things. Not in everything, they have subtle distinctions. Here, there are many things which are overlooked by people. One of them is that they believe that the Maturidi school and the Ash'ari school are in fact two distinct schools. They are not in fact distinct uh, in the sense that they differ on something major the the distinctions are only on 13 points seven of those points are linguistical and six points are actual differences but they have no major effect on belief meaning they are differences which are within the framework of valid ichteraf, within the framework of valid differences of opinion now this is the opening of the actual dispute that the modern salafi movement claims to be the true inheritor of the salaf salihun the pious predecessors how they understood the quran and the sunnah of the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in accordance with the hadith khayrul quruni qarni thumma allatheena yaloonahum thumma allatheena yaloonahum the best of generations is my time The Messenger of Allah said, and then those who come after them, and then those who come after them. So this understanding of Quran and Sunnah in accordance with As-Salphus Salihun, the modern Salafi movement claims to be the the sole inheritor of the correct understanding. This is the claim. And the Ashā'ira, the Ashā'ira, they are in fact philosophers. This is the claim, they are philosophers the al-kalam is rooted in Greek Hellenized philosophy, and it has no roots from the Quran and Sunnah. And their interpretation of the Quran and Sunnah, when it comes to the names and attributes of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, is in fact founded with the likes of Jahm bin Safwan, uh, Jaad bin Dirham, and they likes. Meaning those people of ahlu bid'ah, which are found in books of al-milal wa al-nihal. Al-milal wa nihal were those books. Uh, which were compiled like the likes of Ibn Khazmi has a book on Al-Milal Wal-Nihal and Shahristani and others and Abdul Tahir al-Baghdadi and others they have books on the various sects that arose even uh Abu al al-Ash'ari rahimallah has Maqalatul Islamiyin a book which expands the various differences amongst the sects and the groups so the claim is that the ash'ari are, are in fact Mu'attiba people who uh, take away the divine attributes do not acknowledge the divine attributes do not affirm the divine attributes and have their methodology is rooted in philosophy starting with the likes of Al-Juwaini, Abu maali Abdul Malik Al-Juwaini rahimahullah, uh, Abu Hamid Al-Ghazali who passed away in the year 505 and then Imam Fakhruddin uh, Ibn al khatib Umar bin al khatib Al-Razi who passed away in in 606 and the likes of Ali Al-Amidi they claim uh, these people were in fact philosophers and were not upholding the creed of the Salaf Salihun and they were different to the earlier ash'ari. some of whom did uphold the beliefs of uh, the Salaf and the claim also is that Abu al al al-Ash'ari in fact had three stages, one when he was a Mu'tazili and uh, he was a student of al Jubai and then he left Al-Jubaii at the age of 40 and then they claimed he went through a middle period an intermediary period a Barzakh period and then he went uh, after this he had the same beliefs as the Salafi movement today. This is the claim this claim was in fact first made by um, Abu'l-Abbas Ahmed bin Taymiyyah, the Damascus al-Hamdali jurist. Now, this is the inception of the discussion. This discussion firstly relates to verses of the Qur'an and a hadith of the Prophet that describe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with sifat which are divine attributes so the quran uh, when where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says wa, that the merciful may istiwa on the throne so the word istiwa now the interpretation of the word istiwa the yad of allah is above their hands aydeehim. i mean what is the meaning of Yad? The, these are the Types of verses and and also a hadith that are discussed and are the sole uh, the inception of the dispute because the ash'ara the scholars of the ash'aris ahadith sunnati wal jamaah they claim regarding the salafi movement that the salafi movement is in fact mushadbiha they liken Allah subhanahu wa taala to the creation but the salafi movement counter this by saying that in fact philosophers they remove or they deny the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala these are the claims and the counter claims of both groups but a lot of this uh, there are subtleties of meaning which if people comprehend it, they will they will be able to delineate uh, many of the intricacies of this discussion one of them for instance is that the quran states Yadullahi fawqa Now this Yadullah is idafa annexation, as a of Sifatul Yad, the attribute of Yad to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, which some will translate as the hand of Allah is above their hands. So what do we understand from that? Would we understand that a, a physical Hand of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala exists, which is above the hands of the companions Ali Ridwan, when they gave the oath of allegiance to the Prophet sallallahu wasallam. How will we take these types of verses, and how will we understand them? So the the claim is we understand this in accordance with how a Salafus understood these verses, in accordance with the understanding of the companions and at Tabi'un. The successors, those who associated with the companions, Ali Muridwan. And we take the outward meaning. Now, when the Salafi movement say we take the outward meaning, they do negate Jawarih, they negate appendages, some of them do, meaning contemporary writers, they mention very clearly, they say, the Salaf said, the Salafu Salihun said, Amirruha ala ظاهriha. These ahadith, these reports, or the verses of the Quran, or the authentic reports, when they when you copy them, or when you read them or transmit them, amirruha ala pass them by on the apparent. And this is the the point of departure. That Amirruha ala we take them on the apparent and then we leave the cave to Allah. The modality, the quiddity to Allah. This in fact is the point of departure. Because what you said is that the Asha'ira by interpreting these types of verses or these types of ahadith, they in fact negate the divine attributes. This is the main point of departure. They say that the asharira are negating the divine attributes, even though in reality the distinction between Jahan bin Safwan and the Asha'ira is great because Jahan bin Safwan claimed you cannot describe Allah subhanahu wa taala with anything. You cannot say shaykh for Allah subhanahu wa taala. You cannot say shaykh, You cannot say Hey, You cannot say Qadir. You cannot say any one of these types of descriptions for Allah subhanahu wa taala. He said, "This is Tashbih. This is lightning Allah subhanahu wa taala with creation." He had other. Her- heretical beliefs like believing fanaticism that the fire, the hell fire, will be extinguished. This and this is not a belief that a scholar hold. We know that al Imam, a Subki, rahimahullah ta'ala, there was the father and the son, there was Tajuddin and Tajuddin Subki, rahimahumallah, father and son, Ali bin Abdul Karim al Subki, contemporary scholars to Ahmad bin Ta'imiyah. And he wrote a Durratul Yatima Firraddi alabnitaymiyyah, which was regarding the etern- the eternality of hellfire, that hellfire will exist and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will sustain it. And he said that the belief is disbelief to believe that fana the distinct that hellfire will be extinguished, even though this belief is found in uh, the commentary of Ibn Abiliz al-Hanafi and al Hawaiiya who was uh, a student of Ibn, Ibn Taymiyah, likewise the work of Ibn Qayyim al-Jaziyah, the work Khadil Arwah ila Afrah, he presents 25 proofs for fana without refuting them. So he presents the point. He says so, uh, some people believe in this, and he presents 25 proofs without refuting them. And this belief was ascribed to Ibn Taymiyah. But as far as I know, it is not found in his works. The belief is not found in, in his works. This is why it's important also not to make this uh, just a quotation war, like the Diobundis do. They have no met- correct methodology. I mean, what they do in Pakistan, they say, yaka, yaka, This is a very uh, childish method. And I will not do this with the Salafi movement. Meaning, even if certain statements are found in books of scholars, it does not mean that the modern Salafi is uh, believing in those particular tenets. Because no scholar is ma'asum. Every scholar will have some slip, as some Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may protect, but many of them will have slips in their books, and some may have major errors, some may have minor errors, as long as we as Muslims do not follow them in their error. So, as far as I know, in the Majmoo'ah Al-Fatawah, this Fana position is not found. It was ascribed to Ibn Taymiyyah, and many scholars said he did hold this and they refuted it, but it is not found in these books that are written and printed today. So, Jahan bin Safwan, the beliefs he had were totally distinct to the Ash'ari. but where the claim is made that the Ash'ari Mu'attila or Jahmiya, because they like giving these epithets, they refer to us as Jahmiya and Kuburiyun. This is another claim: Kuburiyun, that you worship kubur, you worship graves, you worship saints, saint worship, and of course that's a different discussion because none of them can have any coherency in definition of shirk. They have no coherent definition of shirk. If you listen to their discussions, even in the debate. With Abdul Rahman, he was unable to define shirk. The the division of taqid through a al uluhiyah, which was made by Abdul Abbas Ahmed bin Taemiyah, it has no coherency. Likewise, its application in terms of defining what shirk is, uh, that uh, definition of shirk is not coherent. But the claim is made regarding Ash'arite that because they do not take the outward meaning of dha'il. Therefore, they do ta'ati. They negate the attribute. So, where it is said, "Yadahu that "Yadahu" his two hands, as they translate, his two hands, "Yadahu mabsutatan" are open. The ash'arî will say this does not mean the hands as in physical limbs, and we leave the meaning to Allah. Therefore, they do ta'ati. This is. The premise that they do ta'atil by not taking the outward and the salaf said, "Amiruha ala zahirihah," pass them by on the apparent. This is the first claim. This claim is based upon not making a distinction between what we refer to as al-ma'aniyat and that which is al-jawamid. في الأعيان تحت الحواس الخمس المعنويات is that which we will refer to as qualitative attributes qualitative attributes qualitative attributes قدرة, for instance is power علم is knowledge does anyone ever observe knowledge walking around on the roads the answer is no is knowledge Perceptive with the five outward senses, the answer is no. You never observe knowledge. You never see knowledge. You never touch knowledge. You never taste or smell knowledge. But we know knowledge exists. This is known as a qualitative attribute, al-ma'ani. But then you have al jawamid those things which are solid, tangible in the external realm, which we would say fil-ayani tahta al-hazas al-khams. They exist in the external realm that fall under the perception, like hands, for instance, like legs. We see them, we observe them. These are two distinctions which the Asha'ira make. The first, which is known as Al Ma'nawiyat, can be attributes, but the second, are not referred to as attributes. They are referred to as Nu'ut descriptions. So if I say someone has arms, it's not an attribute, it's a description. But if I say he has knowledge, that's an attribute. So this distinction between al manu and Al-Jawamid is something important because if we do not make that distinction, what happens is that what the Salafiyya movement say when you discuss with them, if they are willing to discuss, because there are many brands of salafia there are so many brands, but especially I refer to the Spubs, S-Pubs, the Madakhila, they never sit down to converse, but if they ever do, or if you ever discuss with a Salafi, they will say to you, that the way we affirm a sama hearing for Allah, we understand a we do not make any association of our Sama or likeness between our hearing and the hearing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why is it tashbih if we hear yad, the yadullah, the yad of Allah and we ascribe that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but we do not make tashbih? A likeness between Yad and the Yad of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. This is because they are not making a distinction between those things which are ma'aniyat, which are qualitative attributes of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and those actri- those things which are Al-Jawamid. So there is a distinction between these two types of ascriptions. Those things which are qualitative and those things which fall under Al-Jawamid. Of course, what is claimed is. For instance, uh, you have مشترك, a harmony. A مشترك is something two things will have the same name but they are totally distinct. Two things will have the same name but they are totally distinct. But then you have something known as tawadu, uh where they are totally distinct but they will share one quality. Like if I say to you, a tusk is white and snow is white. The quality of whiteness is one, but the essence of both things is different. What the Salafiya, the modern Salafi movement, claim, as you will find in their books, they say that when these attributes are mentioned for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, it's not Musharaklafi, it's not the words that are being shared. It's it's like a tawatu uh, uh, al-Mutawat'i, meaning like the way a tusk is white and snow is white. They share one quality they have a general meaning, which is the same, but then they are different in details. So they say, the way we understand al-basr for Allah, we know we have al-basr, but we know Allah has al-basr, we know we have al-sam'ah, we know Allah has al-sam'ah, but there is no tashbih. Likewise, when we say yadullah, we know we have hands, but we know Allah has hands. So the term is the same, Uh, there is a Universal sameness, but the essence is different between the two things. While the ash'ariyyah, they are saying that ma'aniyat qualitative attributes do not have any resemblance whatsoever with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. When we ascribe a qualitative attribute, there is no resemblance. But when something is ascribed to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and note the ascription like al-yad, al-qadam. The a the ridge, the wedge—all these are done with addition annexation. They are all done with annexation. So, ya allah, the mudaff and the mudaffi—they are not individually ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They say these do not fall under al-ma'aniyat. So, therefore, we do not take the outward meaning because the outward meaning is limbs. Now, here a subtle, another subtle point comes in. That is the Salafia would say in response to this that by you saying that limbs are understood from this, that is tashri in your own mind. This is a common counter-argument. They say when you hear Allah, when you hear Yadullah, you understand limbs. We do not understand limbs, we understand something else. This is a contradiction in essence. Why is this a contradiction? Because when you are saying you understand the vaheer, the apparent, what do you mean by vaheer? Because the statement of the sadef amiruha al vaheeria has a context. When these hadith were narrated, the did firstly, the mu'tazilah rejected the hadith. They rejected them, even if they were authentic. The scholars of asadu salihun said. Narrate the hadith if they are, they are authentic. And if they have these wordings, amirruha ala pass them by an apparent. Mean apparent wording, the wording you find in the hadith, narrate it as such. Do not do tahrif. Do not uh, interpolate or uh, blot out the word and change the word. Amirruha ala How it was narrated, pass them by as such mean, the apparent wording, but the Salafiyah, the Salafi movement today, they say the meaning, the meaning is meant, meaning, whatever is the output meaning, but then they also say, the apparent meaning is not limbs, so a ridge, they say, understand it from the apparent, but the apparent is not a limb, the way we understand knowledge, not uh, the, our knowledge not to be, the same as Allah's knowledge, our uh قدرة, ability not to be like Allah's Qudra ability, our life not to be like the living of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and all the divine attributes that you asha'ira do affirm. Likewise, these annexations or what they are what are referred to as-sifatul khabariyyah. This is another name given to these reports, as-sifatul khabariyyah, attributes that are found in reports, they say when we hear these sifatul khbariya, we do not make tashbih in the mind. Now, here the subtle point to note is: firstly, the Ash'aris are making a distinction between ma'nawi, those qualitative attributes that have no resemblance, and those which are jawami. But secondly, when the modern Salafi movement say we do, we take the apparent meaning, but then they say it is not a limb. They end up in the same bracket as the Asha'ira themselves. How? Because the Asha'irah, they have scholars who say these are sifat of Allah, attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, yadullahi fawqa there are scholars of the Asha'ira, they say these are divine attributes. But the divine attributes specifying the exact meaning we leave to Allah. What this brings us to a subtle point. That is the Salafim argument then is that you, Asha have negated the attribute by not saying what the meaning is. Because they say we know the meaning, it's the outward meaning, but then we leave the modality to Allah. But the Asha'irah are saying that we leave the meaning to Allah. So the claim is made by leaving the meaning to Allah you are negating the attribute. But by the Ash, the, the Ashari scholars, when they say we leave the meaning to Allah, they are not negating the meaning. Why? They are saying that the limb is negated. They negate the limb. So the Salafis today, I, the ones I have read, they agree. They say we do not ascribe jawarih to Allah. The, the scholarly Salafi scholars, uh, the academic Salafi scholars that I have read, they say we do not. Not all of them. Khalil Harras for instance, in his commentary on al-Wasitiya, uh, Ibn Taymiyyah's work, al-Wasitiya, he has comments which are uh, regarding the had. He refers. To, he says the hand has qualities which are only happen in a real hand. He has this statement found in his work, and Khalil Harraz, uh, the work uh, is endorsed by major Salafi scholars the work is endorsed it's published many decades ago so but the content, contemporary scholars they do negate jawari when they negate jawari they are not taking the outward meaning as they claim because they what they say is that the way we understand ilm uh, as a universal we understand yad as a universal but it's not a limb but by negating limb there are numerous other meanings of yet left. This is exactly what the ashari are saying. That there are numerous other meanings. That those meanings we leave to Allah. This is what they mean by tafwid al-ma'na. So, for instance, Al-Rahman wa Al-Alashi' istawa. The verb istawa, which is fa'il mad past tense, istawa has fifteen different meanings. So the ash'ayra they will say. We negate istiqra, meaning uh, sitting or jalous. Uh, mind you, the word julus is found in some of the works of uh, those works which are promoted by the modern Salafi movement, and even Abdul Rahman Kathan and his followers should pass this message on. He uses the term sitting for Allah, sitting for Allah in his uh, refutation of the Hanafi Fitq channel. One of the brothers showed me a clip. I think part 10 where he uses the word sitting for Allah. Now this goes against the manhaj of As-Salafalium. is the word sitting? Nevertheless, the word istiwa has 15 different meanings. The Asharis, what they do is they negate those meanings which are impossible. Then there are possible meanings left. They then do tafwidul mana They say the exact meaning. Is left to Allah. This is what they mean when they say the Salaf did tafwid. While the Salafi movement, they claim taqwid of the Salafus Salihun was not and what was not this taqwid al-ma'na. It was only tafwid al-khayf. They they would take the outward meaning and then they would say we leave the quiddity to Allah. But the ash'ar say response to this. That modality and quiddity kafya does not apply to Allah, and this is the meaning of uh, Imam Malik's statement al istiwa umalum that al istiwa is known, meaning it's known to be in the Quran, it's known to be uh, linguistically it's known, the meaning is known. While kafu majhul that the kaf is unknown, but there is also ghayr that the kaf is incomprehensible, meaning Kayf does not apply to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Later, I will mention that both groups sometimes cite, they give citations from as Salihun, and they understand those statements differently also. So they even understand the statements of As-Salifu Salihun different. Uh, uh, with regard to the statements of as Salihun, towards the end, I will mention the, the sources for these statements. And then how the understanding of these two things uh, is different. Now, after this introductory uh, remark, I want to mention that Sifatullahi Qadima, that the divine attributes of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala Qadima, which means what? Eternal, pre-eternal. They have no beginning. This is something that Ashari affirm. So, for instance, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is al-Waziq. He has always been al-Waziq, even when there was no one to be sustained. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is al-Mumit. He has always been al-Mumit, even when there was no one to give death to. But the point here a as-sifatu shayun wa a'faru sifati shayun a'kar. Which means an attribute is one thing, but the effects of the attribute is another thing. So Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala will for Zaid to be born in a certain period of time, but Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has always been Muhyid, the one willing. But Zaid being born, Zaid being born at a particular time, that is contingent. This is known. Uh, the effect of the divine attribute that is contingent. Some of these people, they either misunderstand what the ashari scholars are saying, like old man the Mishri, or they purposely ascribe things wrongly to the Ash'ira. The Ash'ira do not believe that Hawadith contingencies are established in Allah. They do not believe. That Allah subhanahu wa taala has attributes that come about, meaning they did not exist prior and then they came about. What the ash'ar say, there is something which is known as the divine effect of those attributes the effect of those attributes. So when Allah subhanahu wa taala has always been a rizq, when there was no one to feed, but when there were people to be fed. The effect of the attribute they were being fed—that is hadith—that comes about in time and place. But the divine attribute is qadim, so they re- they use terms like solouhi qadim. Solouhi qadim means the potential was qadim, potential. But then the Tanji's the effectuation, is hadith. The effectuation came about later. But they do not believe contingencies are established in Allah, unlike. What is found, uh, and no, uh, in some of uh, the works of Abu Abbas Ahmad bin Taimiya, which is not the subject of today, like al-hawadith la a concept that there are contingencies that have no beginning, no inception, and likewise, hawadith are established in the ذات of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in the essence of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. This is a belief. Abu Abbas Ahmad bin Taymiyyah. And this is where Abu Iyyad and other Majahead unknowns from Wright Street and Spubbs they write that the Ashair are philosophers because what they need to establish is this concept of contingency is a is an Aristotelian concept that has no roots in Islam. And if it's an Aristotelian concept, the Ash'a'irah only utilize this to negate the divine attributes of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. This is why the conspiracy theory is formed on Asharies.com that the Ash'aris had their roots in Hellenistic, uh, Greco-Romanic uh, 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 philosophy, or that uh, the philosophy of Plato and Aristotle. And does not have roots in uh, the Quran and the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, because he needs to establish that hadith contingencies come about in Allah. So, what that means is Allah subhanahu wa taala acquires attributes. Allah subhanahu wa taala didn't have an attribute and then he acquired it. So istiwa is an attribute that, that is hadith. It comes about. According to this reasoning, this way of thinking. Likewise, uh, the nuzul descent of Allah is a hadith, is an action, a contingency. It, uh, meaning, the way something, uh, the way creatures come down, and this is stated in some of the works that there is only one meaning of nuzul, and Ibn Hazm refutes this point in Fathul Bari. By the way, for Abu Ayad to claim that Ibn Hazm was only an Ashari. Because of the governments of his time, and is absurd. Because if you read Kitab al-Turhid in Sahih Bukhari, Ibn Fath al-Bali, Ibn Hajar's commentary, he utilizes the same terms as Abu Hamid al-Ghazali, same terms as Fakhruddin al-Razi, same terms as Al-Amidi, Ali al-Amidi. The reality is that uh, the modern Salafi movement they uh, have a liking towards Ibn al and Imam Yahya bin Sharaf and Nawawi, they have a liking towards them, so they would want to disassociate them from the other Ash'ara. But if you read Fathul Bari, you will find that uh, that Ibn Khaldun uh, utilizes the same terms, haladith, uh, and many of the terms that are found in those Qalam books, the words of uh, the mutakallimin. So, therefore, it's essential for people to know that the Ash'ara do not affirm. Hawadith for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They say Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala has always had these attributes. But for someone to say, like Ulma al Mishti, he misquoted the Asharis. He said that the uh or they say uh, that how come about within Allah. Not words exactly as such, but the import of his words was that the Asharirah affirm contingencies for Allah. This is untrue. The Asha Allah say that the effectuation of some of the attributes is contingent. Like I mentioned, that Allah is has always been a Razak, is a Razak, will always be a Razak, the one who sustains. But the ones who are sustained, they are contingent, and the effect of the the attribute is in time and place where we see the effect of the divine qudrah, the, the divine power of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So here, Imam Al-Bayhaqi, rahimahullah تعالى, who was a scholar of Hadith, who came just after Abu al-Hassan al So Abu al-Hassan al Ashari passed away in around the 320s, and then Al-Maturidi uh, passed away in the 330s, 333 to be precise. The, a century later, we have Imam Al-Bayhaqi, rahimahullah تعالى, Abu Bakr Al-Bayhaqi. The author of Sunan al-Kubra and many other notable Shafi'i works, a great Shafi'i scholar, he has a work on al-Asma' wa sifat the names and attributes of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. He mentions the classification of Sifatul Zaat and Sifatul Af'al. Now he classifies them with a particular definition, but later Ashari scholars developed the definition the best, which is. Sifatu that the attributes of this essence are those divine attributes by which Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is not described with the opposite. For instance, I say Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is Hay. I cannot say Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is Miet. Therefore, uh, meaning he cannot be described with the opposite. This is referred to as Sifatu that the attributes of the essence then we have sifatul Af'ar, the attributes of the divine actions these are those attributes where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can be described with the opposite for instance we have al-mumit the one who gives death but then we have al-muhyi the one who gives life two opposites but they are ascribed to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala divine attributes which are two opposites so these are sifat uzdat and sifatul afar. Then we have asma uzat, the names of the essence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Additionally, we have asma u sifat, the names of the attributes. What is meant by attributes? Sifatul ma'an, the qualitative attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the attribute of Al Irada Divine Will. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the attribute of Al Qudra. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the divine attribute of divine power, then the divine attribute of divine life, the divine attribute of Al Ailen, Divine Knowledge. These are known as qualitative al ma'ani, but there are asma for these sifat, names for these attributes also. Like when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala wills for someone to die, and we say he is al mumit, this is ismu sifa. is musifa. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is al mumit, and he's giving death, creating death within someone, because death is an actual being according to the Ahle Sunnah, in contradistinction to the Murtazila. even Ibn, Ibn, Ibn Taymiyyah admits that the Ash'aira they had many great works in defeating the mu'tazila it wasn't the the delights uh, of the modern salafi movement that finished the mu'tazila it was actually the efforts of the ash'ari scholars that finished off the mu'tazila so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives death but al-mumit him being the one who gives death relates to the divine will relates to the divine qudrah so these are known as asma'ul uh asma'us names of the divine attributes. Likewise you have asma'ul afaal, names of the divine actions. So for instance, the Hadith: hadithun matisuna isman, man ahsaha daql al-jannah, when like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has 99 names, whoever enumerates them, he enters paradise. So these ninety-nine names of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, they will either allude to the zat or to the sifat, or they will or they will allude to the divine actions of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. This is something that we should keep in mind at all times. So, when the reports as sifat al-khabariyyah are mentioned to us, like uh The report that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has nuzul, which is translated as descends, in the last third of the night. These type of reports are referred to as sifatul khadaria. Those attributes that are found in the reports. The modern Salafi movement claim regarding the ashari A note. The Ash'arites have great distinction uh, between themselves and the Mu'tazila. The Mu'tazila never affirm the sifatul Ma'ani. Uh, the jahil ignorance of these Salafi claimants is such that even Abdul Rahman Hasan, he in the discussion, he said to me that the Ash'arites only affirm seven attributes for Allah. This is a part of the uh, pseudo-Salafi propaganda against the Ash'arites. Sometimes they say. The Ash'ari only affirm seven attributes. Sometimes they say twenty attributes, but the Ash'ari teach twenty attributes because they say these attributes are those sifatul ma'ani to which all the other attributes return back, as well as every common Muslim should know these attributes. But anything else, they do not negate those attributes, as is well known from the early Ash'ari scholars. But what they say is that you Ash'ari you negate these sifat which are found in the reports by saying the outward meaning is not meant but uh, which is tafwid al-ma'na tafwid al-kayf which uh, i have already mentioned that the ash'ari are saying response to this that when we negate something we only negate that outward which is impossible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so for instance the hadith of the descent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Ashaira will say we negate the outward meaning of that which is found in human beings. They negate this. But there are other possible linguistical meanings. But which one of those meaning is meant, we leave to Allah. They say this is tafidul ma'ana. This is what we mean by tafid al They ascribe this to the salaf. While the salaf in movement say this is not the position of the salaf. The position of the Salaf is to take the outward meaning and then leave the cave to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This position of the ash'aris is referred to as Bafweeb, uh, as Ta'wil ijmali, a summarized interpretation. So this there is a subtle interpretation in that because you negate the outward meaning and you leave the the, the rest of the meaning. So the example I gave of Istawa. 15 linguistical meanings of Istawa, they negate those which are impossible, and then they have those which are left, they say leave these to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this was the position of the Salaf. Within that framework of valid interpretation, this is where Ta'wil comes in. will that they select a particular meaning which is valid and they propose that as a meaning without certainty, as Ichtihad. Without certainty, if someone has certainty on the ta'wil, this is the type of ta'wil which was condemned. So, not only the, the ta'wil of the mu'tazila, which negated any meaning, which negated any meaning. So, from the fifteen different meanings, they would sometimes they would accept interpretation, valid interpretation, of the mu'tazila, but they they negated all the attributes of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, the sifatul ma'ani. Also, they negated those attributes, but Within that framework, the later ash'aira, who are known as the khulaf, they would give a specific meaning. This interpretation later were, is what the modern Salafi movement also condemned. So this is the meaning of that. Now this dispute goes back to the famous verse of the Quran in Al Quran Karim in Surah Al Imran, where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala mentions. Uh, the ayat in the Quran, the types of verses in the Quran, that the first set of verses are referred to as muhkamat. Hunna umul The uh, verses are, that are referred to as muhkamat are referred to as umul Now, muhkamat. What is the meaning of muhkamat? And the other set of verses are referred to as mutashabihat. That they are mutashabihat. So, what is the meaning of muhkamat and what is the meaning of mutashabihat? These are I mean the main verses of the Quran will be classified into two categories: muhkamat and mutashabihat. Muhkamat, the decisive verses. The Quran says, "Hunna umur kita." They make up. They are ummul kitab um. When you say um, um is the and the origins of something or the foundation, like al qura. Makkah al Mukarrama is referred to as ummul qura, the mother of all cities, because the foundation of all cities is from the point of Makkah al Mukarrama. Um mushay is something which something goes back to. So the Quran, the majority of the Quran. Is muhkamat, but within the Quran Karim, there are verses which are known as mutashabihat. The Quran says, "فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ زَيْغٌ فَيَتَابِعُونَ مَا تَشَابَهَ مِنْهُمْ." But as for those who have zayg, meaning they deviate, zayg, in their hearts, they follow the mutashabih first. Min minu the Quran doesn't say first, but they follow the mutashabih. When in reality, the mutashabih is interpreted in the light of muhkamat. So, what is the meaning of the muhkamat, and what is the meaning of mutashabihat? You'll find if you check the tafsir, the commentaries, like Maal Muhtanzil of Al Baghdhi, rahma Allah Taala, Muhi Sunna, Al Baghdhi, rahma Yathra masabiha sunna, and for instance, a durr al manthur of Jalaluddin Suyuti, which is a collation of reports. It's not uh, all the reports are not authentic, as the Rawafid, the Shia uh, claim. I mean the Rawafid, they are the most misguided sect. They utilize a durr al manthur, but a durr al manthur is just a collation of reports. But you will find all these various reports. But you check al he will have. Uh, all the statements relating to what is muhk and what is mutashabih an example is uh, things like ashrat as or or al-huruf al-muqatta'ah ashrat as the signs of the end of times or al-huruf al-muqatta'ah like alif lam mim ya sin kaf ha these type of letters which are found uh, in al-quran al-karim these are referred to as al-huruf al-muqtagah and therefore are mutashabih because the meaning is unspecified. Ashratu saa, we do not know the exact details of Ya'juj and Ma'juj until they appear. We do not know the exact details of dar al-ard until it will appear. We do not know the day of judgment until it will occur. These are therefore mutashabihat, and this was the opinion of Ja'far bin Abdullah from the companions of the messenger of allah sallallahu wasallam and al-imam al-shafi'i ta'ala and al-imam sufyan al-thawri this is one interpretation uh, another definition of mahkam which is also ascribed to scholars of the salaf the scholars of the previous generation the pious generations the mahkam is that which has only one interpretation while the mutashabih is that which can be interpreted in numerous ways therefore the mutashabih shall only be interpreted in light of the muhkam so the muhkam is not open to interpretation so the majority of the quran is not open to interpretation because it is very clear in in, in what it means but the mutashabih are those verses which can have numerous interpretations but the interpretation is always done in light of the muhkam and another definition of this, which is given, is مستقلّ بِنفسِهِ bi بِنفسِهِ that which mean muhkam is that which is independent in itself. The meaning is very clear in itself. While the مُتَشَابِهِ is not that which is clear in itself. So the مُحْكَمَاتِ and المُتَشَابِهَاتِ these are the verse two types of verses. The muqtamad are those verses which are clearly understood in Al-Quran Al-Karim. The mutashabihat are those verses which are open to interpretation. And No one knows the interpretation except Allah. There is according to some of the uh, qurra there is a, waqf here, waqf is a stop. No one knows that that we the correct interpretation except Allah. Then there is warra sihuna fil So according to some of the qurra, there is a waqf warra sihuna uh, fil Abu Abbas Ahmad bin Taimir preferred the waqf on the second part, fil that he, those who are grounded in knowledge know the interpretation. And others prefer the waqf the stock at wa ma yala muta'wila illallah at Allah that no one knows the interpretation except Allah. Wa rasikhuna fil Then the verse carries on that the, those who uh, are grounded in their knowledge. This, this uh, th- there are two waqf and both are valid. So those verses. Or those reports of Sifatul Khadariyya, which can be interpreted in multiple ways, are referred to as Al-Mutashabihat. And these are the verses or the reports which are disputed. Even though the modern Salafi movement will say they should not be disputed, I meaning the exact meaning should not be disputed. But as I mentioned already, they will fall into a clear contradiction. How they will fall into a clear contradiction? When they say, or Yadavum Absolutam, they will say these are not jawareh; they are not body parts. When they say they are not body parts, straight away, a gentle, other meanings, other meanings are open, the interpretation is open to various other meanings. Specifying those meanings, then, is the task of the ulama. Specifying those meanings according to the Arabic language. Now, this is where Ibn al al رحمه الله تعالى, mentions a point that you have that which is al-haqiqa, a real meaning. And then you have that which is al-majaz, a metaphorical meaning. Al-haqiqa, a real meaning. If there is a verse of the Quran which has the import of a haqiqi meaning, a real meaning, it is not open to interpretation. Likewise there are verses of the Quran which can have a majaz meaning, or must have a majaz meaning, and those are not open to hakiqa. So you cannot have something which is majaz being interpreted as hakiqa, and something which is hakiqa being interpreted as majaz. But then there is something which falls in the middle. It can be hakiqa, and it can be majaz. So the the verifying scholars they look: is the hakiqi meaning valid? If it is then they will give the haqiqi meaning. But if the haqiqi meaning is impossible, they will go to the majaz meaning. Meaning it will not remain in the middle. It will either be interpreted as haqiqa or al-majaz. This is a point that ibn al-daqiq al-eid rahimahullah ta'ala mentions. Now, pass these reports on their apparent meaning. Does the Salafi movement itself fall into interpretation that we like the Asharah? The answer is yes, they do. So Asherah are being accused of being Mu'atilah, Jahmiya, which in reality there is no link between Jahum bin Safwan and the Ashairah. And as I mentioned already, the Ash'aira they refuted uh, the Mu'attazilah. And they were at the forefront of refuting, and this is why later scholars like Abu Hamid al-Ghazali, al Razi, they employed kalam, uh, which is dialectical theology, in order to refute the thinking of the Mu'tazila, to defend the Quran and the Sunnah. Uh, as I will mention later, the condemnation of kalam from from Imam al-Shafi'i. Rahimallah ta'ala. And the earlier asalaf was condemnation of a particular type of kalam, which was the Qalam of the Mu'attazilak. But even then, the lights of Imam Muhammad al-Sanusi, Muhammad bin Yusuf as Sanusi came in the ninth century, refute or correct Al Imam Fahruddin al-Razi for placing too much philosophy in the books. So Abdul Rahman Hassan, in his and lessons and daru ta'arid al-'aqil min work of Ibn Taymiyyah, which is published on the marginalia of Sunnah, he says that Sunusi is worse than all of them. But it seems to me that the likes of Abdul Rahman the Mishki and old man uh, Abdul Rahman the Mishri, and Abdul Rahman Hassan. So to distinguish them, old man the Mishri, and Abdur Hasan, they do not read the works in their entirety or at least large segments of the book. If you read the work of a Sunusi, you will find that he condemns the the Asharis who place too much philosophy in the books. But those scholars who did place philosophy in the books were not defending philosophy; they were refuting the philosophers. They were not defending the philosophers, like Alimam. Abu Hamid al-Ghazali in *Istihafa al-Filastiba*. Abdur Rahman Hassan states that a Sunnusi was worse than the previous ones because he states that the sixth cause of kufar disbelief is taking the outward meanings of the verses. Is taking the outward meanings of the verses. Imam al-Sunusi says that taking the outward meaning of the verses is kufar. So Abdul Rahman says he is worse than Imam Fakhruddin al Now why is he the worst uh, for Abdul Rahman and the Wahhabis in general? Because what they mean by output is these asifat al that if we do not take the outward meanings, we do ta'til of the attributes. But what al-Sanusi is referring to is that there are various verses of the Quran that if you took the outward meaning you would commit kufar disbelief. Like فاليوم ننساكم in the Quran. الله سبحانه وتعالى سيشد اسم ليبس. ننساكم today ننساكم which literally would be translated as we forget you. ننساكم taking that out is kufar. Or for instance معكم he is with you wherever you may be. Taking that literally that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is indwelling in his creation is the is a Jahmi belief. And the outward meaning is kufar. So this is what Ali Sunusi meant: that the sixth principle of disbelief is taking the verses on the outward meanings. But again, he is uh, misquoted uh, by Abdur Ahmad Hassan and others. So the Salaf, a Salaf U further down I will mention that do the Salafis themselves fall into wheel or not? This will be answered further down. But before going on to that, when we when these reports are mentioned to us, which mention Yadullah, Yadullah, Ri al Qadam, al Saq, Azj, and you have فاينما تولوا فثم وجه الله ان القران وجه الله when these are presented to us amruha ala zahiriya past them by and apparent what do the ash'ari mean by this what do the ash'ari interpret this as pass them by as they are meaning read them as they are and recite them as they are do not change anything and some of the salaf said qira'atuha tafsiruha Reciting that is the explanation, but we do this without tahrij. Without tahrij, tahrij means interpolation. Tahrij means interpolation. For instance, yadu Allāhi fāqā'idhim, yadu If someone says, this is now tahrif. So the Quran said Yadullah if Haidim. Read it as such and that's it. If the Salafi movement did this, there would be no dispute because the Ash'arī would do the same. Just recite the verse or the hadith as it is. But if when you do tahrif change the wording, how the Quran says Yadullah if someone says Lilla Yadun Taliqalali. Changing the wording, Allah has ayat appropriate for His Majesty. This is taqleef. Additionally, you have ziyada, adding things, additions, like Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Ar Rahmanu 'ala al Arshi istawa." But someone adds in bi'dathih, so they say istawa 'ala al Arshi bi'dathih. These are additions which. Even some scholars added, but they were condemned for doing so. So this is where something important comes in. The modern Salafi movement is is a greater muqallidin than even the Sufi cults. The Sufi cults are referred to as blind followers of their uh, peers and their Shaykhs, but the modern Salafi movement it, have greater blind following in creed even in the madahib when we say someone is a hanafi shafi'i hanbali maliki this is only in furu' in subsidiary rulings only 20% of rulings in 20% of rulings which are disputed a person follows one of the four imams but in belief and the majority of the religion there is no blind faith but you will find the, the salafi movement they just say such and such scholar said this therefore this must be true so the statement bidati, even if it is found in someone's book, it does not make it something found in Al-Kurun al Mufadbala. In the previous centuries, the superior centuries. For instance, none of the sahaba said bidati. None of the Tabi'in said bidati. None of the al Tabi'in said bidati. Bidati was added by late comers. So the the Ash'ari scholars corrected them on this. They said this statement should not be said. without that this would be counted as a ziyada. But then the modern Salafi movement, they say Ibn Abi Zaid Al-Qirawani said this, or Sheikh Abdul Qadir Al-Jilani said this. Uh, whether he did in Al-Hunia or whether Ibn Abi Zaid in his al-Risala said this or not, the point is that the Salafi movement therefore is falling to takleed. They are doing takleed of these people. And the Ash'aris said that taqlid in aqidah is haram, prohibited. Some of them took the position that anyone who does taqlid in aqidah, his iman, his faith, is invalid unless he does taqlid of Sayyiduna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the ijma' of the Sahaba. That is permitted. That's not taqlid mazmum. Taqlid mazmum is doing taqlid of individuals who came later. So that is not from As-Salafu Salihun. Likewise. Uh, al-nuqsan is a deficiency in the word so the quran says yadullah fawqa Someone says, yadullah and and they leave out some of the sentence or the statement so this is nuqsan likewise takyif ascribing a modality or quiddity to allah so the, the distinction here is that the uh, the followers of Abu uh, Abul Abbas Ahmad bin Tha'eeniya they ascribe a modality, but a modality to Allah is impossible. So, after this, meaning when the of said Amiruha ala Ghahir and they said do not do ta'rif, do not do ziyada, do not do nusan, do not do taqif, there is also the fact. Ibn Kafir, Abu Fida Ismail bin Kafir, the student of Abu al Abbas Ahmad bin Taymiyyah, who does not take many of his views. For instance, he wrote a book on the Mawlid. Uh, some of the modern Salafi movement go uh, discuss Mawlid as, as if the prohibition or permissibility of Mawlid is to do with Usul-Din. This is how they treat the issue. Nevertheless, he Permits tawassul, intercession, through the Messenger of Allah (sallallahu alaihi wasallam) after he passed away. Likewise, Abu Fida is, Isma'il bin Kafir does not have the positions of Ibn Taymiyah relating to the sifat. In his tafsir, under al Rahmanu wa al-Rahees taba, he speaks مع اعتقادي أن الظاهرة المتبادرة غير Murad. He says many. There was a. He mentioned in it that there is a dispute regarding the meaning of istawa, but whatever valid interpretation a person takes, they must know and take into consideration that al-ẓaahir al the output that comes into the mind, Murad, is not intended. So what Allah al-ẓaahir al-mutabaddira? Meaning when you hear. فوق if someone thinks that it's a limb or if someone hears Ar-Rahman wa alan istawa is a rising the way creatures rise, this comes into the mind, this is not intended. So there is another meaning intended which Allah knows. So ta'een of that meaning is what is referred to as ta'ween. So once you negate Allah al once that is negated, meaning that which comes into the mind, then the numerous other interpretations that are left, which are valid interpretations. Those interpretations, choosing one of those interpretations, is what is referred to as that Now, some of the scholars like Ibn Qudama and Naktisi, rahimahullah ta'ala, and others, they wrote works uh, like Zamut that condemnation of that what was meant by this condemnation of we Condemnation of we is agreed upon between the Ashairah and the modern Salafi movement in terms of that if someone does tachareef of the meanings, this that type of we is condemned by both groups. But there is a type of we the valid type of we which is choosing one of the many meanings which are valid after negating that which is impossible. What Ibn Qudama al ta'ala, was condemning is when someone chooses one of those valid meanings and they become certain regarding their ijtihad. If they become certain regarding the ijtihad that this is the actual meaning meant by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is condemnable. So for instance, Ar-Rahman al is istawa, istawa the outward meaning of the shiʿ is negated, but there are some valid meanings. And then some scholar comes along and says, according to the language of the Arab, this mean, this particular meaning which is valid, is the actual meaning and the only valid meaning. This is what is condemned by those scholars who wrote and zumbled that way. As for if someone said in refutation of the mujassima, so the mujassima, those who give anthropomorphic attributes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in condemnation of them someone says that you ascribe a physical body to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in response to those people the scholar says we negate the anthropomorphic outward meaning but there are other valid meanings that could be meant and this is one of those valid meanings and this is the these meanings are possible and according to my Ijtihad, meaning after exerting his efforts, uh, individual efforts, this is uh, one of the valid meanings. This type of ta'weel is the type of ta'weel that you find in the work of Yahya bin Sharaf al nawawi in his commentary al minhaj the commentary of Sahih al-Imam Muslim, and the commentary of Ibn Hajar al-Asfalani ta'ala Fathul Bari. So that type of Taqli if ijtiha and not certainty. So after negating the outward meaning which is impossible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there will always be space for valid interpretation and the scholars will choose one of those interpretations. Has or is this even done uh, by the Salafi movement? The answer is yes, it is found. For instance, they will agree with us. فَإِنَّمَا تُوَلُّو فَثَمَّ وَجْهُ اللَّهِ uh, wherever you may turn فَثَمَّ there you will find وَجْهُ اللَّهِ some will translate this as countenance of Allah وَجْهُ اللَّهِ if you check the commentaries for instance طبري and others you will find the interpretation from Abdullah bin Abbas رضي الله عنه explicitly stating that this is in reference to the qibla. وَجْهُ اللَّهِ here even though there were sects in the early period of Islam that believed that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will destroy everything, only His Waj as an attribute will remain, even the rest of Allah will be destroyed. There were deviated sects who took this outward interpretation of some of the verses of the Quran. But by agreement, here Allah means the direction of the qibla. Otherwise someone if they took this outwardly as Ali Mar Sunusi valid these states, if someone took the outward meaning, they would say that everywhere, wherever we turn, the divine attribute, the word is found. But yet the Salafi movement is in agreement with us that interpretation here is valid. Or for instance, in Surah al Araf, in verse 51, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Falium and فاليوما today I'm not in judgment. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala should say to the disbelievers, فاليوما ننساكون. Today we forget you. Literally, that is the meaning. But of course, we know the correct interpretation, as mentioned by a Sahih Muslim, is that we abandon you. That the disbelievers will uh, be abandoned. Or oh, for instance, waja'a rabbuka in the Quran Kareem that و Literally would mean and your Lord arrives. Arrival of Allah. But the interpretation of Al Imam Ahmad bin Hambal, Rahimallahu Ta'ala, that it is amru Rabbika, the command of your Lord will arrive. Wajaa amru rabbiqa this is the interpretation. Waja'a Rabbuka would mean the command of your Lord arrives. The ascription of this to Al Imam Ahmad bin Hambal, Al Imam ul Bayhatiy Rahimallahu Ta'ala states. هذا إسمال لا غبار عليه. this is a chain chain of narration. لا غبار عليه. there is no dust on this chain. meaning the chain is absolutely authentic. or oh, for instance, الضحك which is laughing. الضحك uh, is ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa taala in the صحيح of Imam Bukhari where the hosts those who hosted the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the night uh, and it's a long story an incident occurred in the morning they were informed that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala min dahak subhanahu to Allah, which literally means laughing but al imam al bukhari rahimahullah ta'ala states that this in the meaning this the wording dahak here means ar rahma the mercy of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala imam bayhaqi also mentions this, or oh, for instance, "Wahhu ma'akum ainama kuntum," that He is with you wherever you may be. Now, someone, Sufyan athawri, rahimahullah taala, from the salee of salihun, said the meaning of this is that the ilm of Allah subhanahu wa taala is with you wherever you may be. So, "Wahhu ma'akum ainama kuntum," He is with you wherever you may be. So these. Uh, some examples of interpretation that which, which were given by the Salafus Salihun and the modern Salafi movement also give these interpretations we valid ta'wil, But the Ashairah They say that this ta'wil also extends to those things, the output of which is tashbih to the makhluk, to likeness to the creation And they refute the claim that there is no tashbih by making a distinction between uh, sifatul ma'ani and those things which are aayan, aayan or jawabit. Additionally, not all s uh are sifat. This is a common uh, misconception. Ibafat annexations made in the Quran they are not always sifat. For instance, when a faqtu ruhi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says when a faqtu that regarding Adam Alisala, na faqtu I believe, fii in him, me ruhi from my spirit. No one says that ruh is a sifa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if someone reads an idafat, any idafa annexation ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it does not always uh, make a a sifa a divine attribute to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or for instance where said he said mafarrattu fi jambilla, the sinner will say that mafarrattub meaning that which uh, I failed uh, in fulfilling the rights of Allah, Fijambillah. Jam is the side, fi jambillah. Jam here does not mean the side like the side of a person, but some people have made this into a sifa a divine attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like Ibn Qayyim. So Ibāfat annexations are not always divine attributes. Additionally, there are hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu wasallam, which the Salafi movement will agree with us that that is done. For instance, the famous hadith: "Al-hajar al-awṣadu yaminu The black stone is the right of Allah. mean, yamin means right. al yusāfihu. Biha that it is the right, literally it is the right of Allah, meaning like right hand, by which He shakes hands Musafihu, with it His creation. By agreement, there is interpretation Ta'wi, that Al Hajir Al Aswadu, the black stone, Yaminullah, is interpreted likewise. Alati, by which Musafihu. He sh- he shakes hands with his creation. We know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the the outward al-mutabadir meaning the outward uh, some of them say oh the tajsim is in your mind so from tajseem you move to ta'ati. From taqsim you move to ta'a'tien, meaning you understood that scene So they claim they do not understand it literally. So if you are not understanding it literally, you are doing exactly what the ashari are saying, that the that meaning is being negated. That what the specific meaning is, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala knows best. This is the meaning of tafwid al-ma'na. They are not negating the meaning; they are leaving the details of the meaning to Allah, tafwid al-ma'na. But the ma'na is broad. So then that will comes in where the ijtihad exertion is done to specify a particular meaning. So al-hajar al-aswad, the black stone, is the right of Allah, Allah. قالتي يصافح بها خلقه is not literal that by which he shakes hands with his creation likewise the hadith wa in athami yamshi ataituhu that if he comes to me meaning the servant comes to me walking i go to him running no one interprets this uh, as far as i know no one interprets this literally Meaning, when we walk to Allah, is it that we are literally walk to Allah? Of course not. The meaning is very clear that it's not a literal meaning. Likewise, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala coming to us running is not the way a human being runs to another creature. The meaning is closeness, meaning qurb, a Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Or, for instance, in the Hadith, "Inna ahaadakum ila kana fi salati," that if one of you is in the prayer. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ قِبْلَ That surely Allah is in front of his face. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ قِبْلَ واجهي. Which one of us takes this literally? That when we are praying, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is literally uh, in front of us, in, meaning in a corporal fashion, physically, tangibly in front of us. No one takes this literally. There are some ignorant Sufi groups who take, وَهُوَ مَعَكُمْ he is with you wherever you may be, as literal, or the fact that uh, uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is closer to us than our jugular vein, al-hablil wariid, uh, the the jugular vein. Uh, this they take literally, but the Ansunna waljannah here do not take these things literally. So, likewise, on the day of judgment, when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala Will say to the believer, Ibn Adam, Maridtu, falamt That I was ill, Maridtu. I was ill, and you did not visit me. And then the believer, uh, the servant, will respond, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will say, If you had my servant became ill, and you did not visit him, La wajatni If you had visited him, you would have found me with him. لا وجَدْتَني This is not literal. So the Salafi movement has also done taqlid in all of these things. The response, of course, would be that the Salaf, the Salafus did do taqlid in these things. So here they come to some common ground. But there are a few principles that those principles are mistaken principles that fall into the Salafi methodology, which make the distinction between the salafia the salafi movement and the ahlu sunnah wal jamaa ash'ari do those <coughs> uh, principles the first one is the claim that there is no mushabahah in sifat in sifat there can never be any likeness this claim has been refuted adequately that sometimes you can have an attribute that can have some mushabah. They claim in all the sifat there is no mushabah. This is a false claim. Additionally, the claim that there is no ihtilaf and the to sifat, that they are all, all clear. This is also a false claim. If someone says All the ayat which mention the sifat of Allah, they are all very clear, this is a false claim. There are some in which the ta'ayeenul ma'ana, the specification of the meaning, is disputed. The dispute is within a valid framework. Like the verse of istawa. Likewise, the claim that hamlul laf ala zahir, that we take the wording on the outward, this again, is one of the main foundations of confusion. When they say we take it on the output, then they say it does not mean jawari, it does not mean body parts. But then you say, okay, what is the dhahir? They say a meaning which is universal. So hands, the word hand has a universal meaning, which everyone understands, but it's not limbs. This is the claim. But this is, of course, uh, mixing chalk and cheese because, because uh, they are confusing between al maani and a'yan al maani qualitative attributes and jawamid those things which are solid. then the claim that jawarih are sifat limbs are attributes when in reality they are nawt in fact al imam al bukhari states you utilizes the term nawt as mentioned by al yaqeen al asma sifat the fifth claim, and this was made by Abu Abbas Ahmad bin Taimir, that the Ahl al-Tafwid are Ahl al-Tajweed. Ahl al-Tafwid are Ahl al What they mean by this, when the Shaykhs saying we do Tafwid, they say they are ignorant. Why they are doing? They are deferring the meaning to Allah. Therefore, they are ignorant of the meaning, and therefore they are Ahl al When in reality, the Shaykhs what they do is they negate any likeness to creation. And then they say, there are any number of interpretations, possible interpretations that we leave to Allah, the specification we leave to Allah. And they say, this is the method of majority of the Salaf, even though the Salaf sometimes would specify a meaning. As the examples of Imam Ahmed saying, your Lord arrived literally means the, nun, the uh, command of your Lord arrived. Imam Ahmed, and what did Imam Bayhaqi say? لا هبارة. There's no dust on this sunnah. There's no dust on this chain. It's authentic to Imam Ahmad. So they say sometimes the salaf did specify a meaning, then the khulaf would, the majority of the time, specify a meaning because of the number of ahadul bid'ah that had spread in their times. So these are some of the principles upon which the misunderstanding. Uh, is built upon. Then there are a few additional things before we open up for questions and answers which should also be detailed. One of them is Mi'raj, ascension of the Prophet that when the Messenger of Allah ascended, the claim is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the messenger of allah had the vision of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala therefore allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in a direction this is the claim so by ascending the vision of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala occurred beyond the seventh heaven and therefore allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is located in a place this is a misunderstanding of what what is referred to as tajalli manifestation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A tajalli of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not necessary that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is located in a place. Like in Surah al A'raf when Musa requested from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the divine vision. The possibility of the divine vision occurred on earth even though no one has uh, visualized Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on earth the possibility occurred so the vision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is simply a removal of the veils from the eyes once the veils have been removed the believer sees Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but never encompasses him so The, the visions do not Encompass Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and He is able to see He comprehends all visions. So, this notion that the Messenger of Allah ascended, and by ascending, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is located in an upward direction, is a false notion. Additionally, a question regarding the slave girl hadith that when the slave girl was brought to the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi the case of the slave girl where the slave girl the sahabi famous incident he became angry with the slave girl and he hit her and he repented for this action so when she was brought to the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he asked the Ain allah where is Allah? And she said, "Fistama." And he said, Sallallahu Alaihi wasallam who am I? And she said, You are the Messenger of Allah. And she said and he said, Free her that Free her, she is a believer. From this hadith, the Salafi movement have made it a task to ask people in Allah as a tenet of belief. Even though the hadith itself There are two things to be stated. One is the word Ain is not only for Makaan, location. It can come for Al maqana the status of something. So if someone says Ain Allah, meaning where is Allah? And someone points at the sky and they say sama," it's to point out the loftiness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is something linguistically understood. Additionally, the idols were uh located in al Haram Sharif and the disbelievers would point at the idols and a distinction was made by her pointing up into the sky even though in one narration it is stated she was a mute she could not speak so because she could not speak she pointed upwards and likewise in another narration it says she spoke and she said s-sama. but in different narrations of the same hadith if you collate all the narrations of the same hadith, there are some versions of the hadith that do not even have fisma, the wording fisma or ainallah. I mean, if you collate all the various editions, so this hadith falls into the same had same category of those hadith that I mentioned previously that. When you pray, and you are in your prayer, Allah is in front of you. Meaning this is interpreted that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not literally in front of you. Likewise, this hadith of the slave girl is interpreted. The early disputes, uh, meaning why are these disputes found between the Salafiya movement and where do the Salafis find their principles? They find these principles in the works. Abu al-Abbas Ahmad bin Taimiyah Ahmad bin Taimiyah firstly wrote fatwa al-Hamawiyyah al-Kubra in the year 698 when he wrote fatwa al-Hamawiyyah al-Kubra he ascribed a location for Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala meaning a literal location and utilized statements of as-salaf as to Validate, validate that claim. So verses of the Quran that he took literally, and then a hadith, reports of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and then ascribing statements to a sallafus saleefoon in order to validate the literal location of Allah subhanahu wa taala. One of those statements is the statement of an Imam Al Azhari rahimahullah taala, where he states, Allah subhanahu wa taala. Fauqa arshihi is above his throne, and his knowledge is everywhere. Or oh, the ba'inul min khalqihi, distinct from his creation. This is uh, one of the statements that he utilizes in order to say that al Imam al Azhari, Allah taala, believed Allah subhanahu wa taala to be in a literal location separate from his creation. But the ash'aira or the Scholars of Ahl Sunnah also accept st- this particular statement of al Imam al-Auzari, like they accept the statement of Imam Malik. But what they point out, like Al-Qadi ibn Jahabal and others, firstly that Al-Uzaari Ahma Allah wa ta'a was refuting the jahmiyyah. The Jahmiya believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is literally everywhere. And they denied the faqia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, loftiness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, when the Ahlul Sunnah ascribe loftiness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fawqiyah, what they say is that the meaning of this is fawqiyah muqlaqah. Fawqiyah muqlaqah is the unrestricted loftiness that is ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like ma'iyah al the unrestricted witness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with us, but it does not mean He is with us the way a body or uh, anything else is with us likewise the fawqia the loftiness of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mutlaqa likewise al-'uluw the loftiness of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mutlaqa meaning al-'uluw al-mutlaq Meaning, the loftiness of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not spatial location he is not physically located in a place so He utilized the statement of al-imam al-awza'i much of the confusion of abu al-abbas ahmad bin Taymiyyah, if you actually go out your way to read his works, you will find numerous contradictions within his own positions that he holds in some places he may hold one position and in another place he will hold a different position he relied on earlier works of the hanabila like a sunnah of Abdullah bin Ahmad bin Hammar or the book al of Ibn Khuzayma. He utilised these words. And when he utilised these words, there are many statements of as or statements which are ascribed to as in those earlier words. So if you ever discuss with a person from the Salafi movement, they will say our sources for these positions are found within a Salafu Salihun. How are those positions found in a Salafu Salihun? They will say uh, from the books of the Sunnah, meaning from Bukhari, Muslim, Atirmidhi, Al-Nasa'i and all these uh, authentic works, or those works in which the majority of the Hadith are authentic. So the main corpus of the Hadith works. But then they will mention additional works like the book as sunnah ascribed to Ali, uh, to Abdullah bin Ahmed bin Hamad, Or Al-Tawheed, Kitab Al-Tawheed of Ibn Khuzayna. Or al raddu al-Jahmiyyah, ascribed to Imam Ahmed bin Hamad. These type of works are the main works that are the source and foundation for ibn taymiyah and the early hanabila that deviated from the way of al-imam ahmad bin hanbal rahimahullah ta'ala the case of al-imam ahmad bin hanbal is similar to the case of al-imam ja'far sadiq al-imam ja'far sadiq radiyallahu anhu is an imam of ahlu sunnah wal jama'ah yet his works have been tampered with those who claim to be his followers even though the followers of Imam Ja'far al-Sadiq, the tampering is worse. So some of them are rawafid are disbelievers, meaning we consider some of those rawafid as disbelievers. But in the case of Al Imam Ahmad bin Hambal Rahmu Ta'ala, the valid works of Al Imam Ahmad were preserved and the madhad was preserved by the likes of Al-Khalan and others, but also there was a movement within the early Hanabila, which was a reaction to the extreme of the Muqtazila. This reaction to the Muqtazila, the Muqtazila, remember, denied the divine attributes. So they denied al-Kalam, divine speech of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. They said the Kalam is created. The Ash'ira do not say Kalam is created. Uh, there is. Much disinformation regarding the ash'ari position and the kalâm of Allah subhanahu wa taala. The ash'arîrs say the Qur'an kalâm Allah. The Qur'an is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa taala, and the speech of Allah subhanahu wa taala is divine. So then, people say, why do you make a distinction between kalâm laqli and kalâm nafsi? This distinction was made by the late comers, even though some rejected this distinction but what was meant by this distinction actually is that uh, the pages uh, the, uh, the, of the volume of the quran or the cover of the quran or the ink of the quran is all created and the actions of the servant are created so to make that distinction they refer to this as kalam allah Al imam uh, al-bukhari muhammad bin isma'il al-bukhari rahimahullah ta'ala held this position also this is why he was persecuted. Imam Bukhari, rahma wa Ta'ala, was actually persecuted for holding this view, the view that the actions of Aal al-ibad are created. Some of the Hanabila then said that he is claiming that the speech of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is created. So these early Hanabila, even Imam Ahmad bin Hamdul, uh, sorry, Imam Bukhari, rahma he said that some of those. Quotes ascribed to Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, he was doubtful regarding those ascriptions to Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal. This is quoted by Imam Al Bayhaqi that the early Hanabila, some of the ascriptions they gave to Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal were doubtful. Then, after Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, if you check the work of Sunnah uh, ascribed to his son Abdullah, you will find that. Ascriptions like al-julus, al-julus sitting, is ascribed to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, even though the word al-julus is not from the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And as I mentioned, Abdul Rahman Hassan he used the word sitting and ascribed the word sitting to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Additionally, there are other problematic things in that work. Likewise, the work of Uthman ibn Sa'id al-Darimi. You find in his book a naq al al who was an early Jahmi, who al-I Mamu Shafir rah debated. This al was a deviant. And for them to equate Al-Mahrisi to the Asha'ira is injustice to the Asha'ira. If you check that work, you find dubious statements, like the statement of the mosquito, famous statement with which Zahid al-Kofri and others picked up upon and was never condemned by Ibn Taymiyyah. Ibn Taymiyyah, when he counted the work of Al Imam Fahuddin al-Wazi, Asasul Takis, he counted this work, which is uh, has been republished. In the counter he quotes this quote of Al uh, of inside ibn Sayyid al twice in that work, without condemnation, which is that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will he could sit on a mosquito. Meaning, what is the arsh for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sitting on the arsh? If he wanted, he could be seated on a mosquito. Some of them have tried explaining away these quotes because of fanaticism. Meaning the position I take and the Ash'ari scholars take if a mistake is found in the work of a scholar, you condemn the mistake, you correct the mistake, you can make excuses for the altar if you want, but do not follow them in the mistake. And do not use that book as a book of the sunnah as if it is a pure book so like this in those early sources you find these problematic statements meaning like the work of sunnah of abdullah in the work uh of al marisi uh, for someone to say if someone is on a minaret they are closer to allah than those on the ground or if they're on a mountain they are closer to allah than those on the ground these are problematic statements giving uh, the Literal location, giving a literal location to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So these early sources, like the Ibn uh, Batta, for instance, an early Hamdani scholar. This Ibn Batta, even though he was an early Hamdani scholar, he had problematic statements, and he some of the forgeries that he committed uh, were shameless many. Al Imam Ibn Hajar Al Asqalani may Allah have stated that some of those Khudaris were actually very shameless like for instance the hadith in Al tirmidhi Al Jami' of Imam At-Tirmidhi that when Musa Al Salam went up Mount Sinai and he talked to Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala and Allah to Musa takleeman Anna Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala spoke to him the description of Musa is given. Ibn Batar went and forged additional wordings that Musa saw a young Hebrew man in the bush and said, Who is that Hebrew man in the bush? Meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So th- these type of forgeries are found in the early works and they were carried out by early Hanabila. This was so problematic in the early period. That Ibnul Athir, the historian, you check the year three hundred and nineteen, uh, all the way up to three hundred and twenty-four in Istariq, year by year. You go, you find uh, he mentions the problems the Khalifa towards the end of three hundred twenty-four. The Khalifa changed; it was a Rady, but he mentions the problems the Khalifa had with the early Hanabila. The Khalifa had certain problems, no different to the ISIS today. For instance, they would go to the streets. And they would take the law into their own hands. And if they would see a man walking with a woman, they would accuse him of uh, fornication or adultery and punish him on the spot based on doubt. So they would take law into their own hands, similar to the Khwarij, similar to ISIS. But one of the main problems that they had with the early Hanari was anthropomorphism, the ascription of human qualities to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Human attributes to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and they claim this was in the followers of a Barbahari. Now, Barbahari was a Hanbali scholar who was the student of Marwazi. He was one of the closest students of Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal, rahimahullah taala. But this ascription is given to Barbahari or the followers, some of the Hadhabinah, that they had these fanatic beliefs. Also, if you check. Uh, historically the persecution of al-imam al-tabari at the hands of the hanabila or the persecution of al-imam bukhari at the hands of the hanabila you find this segment in history it carries on to abu ya'la the father of ibnu abi ya'la the, the compiler of tabaqat tabaqat al-hanabila abu ya'la uh, also has a work a, a particular work which was resuscitated and re-jected into the book market by the modern Salafi movement, which has problematic statements, so Tabaqatul Hanabila, which is the syncretic, uh, syncretic layers of the Hanbali jurists, in that book there are problematic thing, uh, 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 problematic uh, statements found in Tabaqatul Hanabila. So this was the early Hanbali uh, problems found, which Abdul Rahman bin Al-Jozi and others picked up upon. This is why Abdul Rahman bin al jawzi rahimahullah, Ta'ala wrote Dafir Ushubu Hit Tashli. After this was written, later on Abu Abbas Ahmad bin Taymiyyah, after the age of forty, he developed his own ideas. Now the claim of Abu Ayab that the Ashairah have their roots in philosophy, if Abu Ayad was just and he if he had the courage to sit down and discuss, which he won't because he's a madhali. They do not sit and discuss, they only they only do keyboard warrior uh, typing on the internet referring to other Muslims as Mubtadi'a and Jahmi and Quburi but on uh, face to face they say we do not discuss with Ahlul Bidah. but because they are unable to discuss, this is the reality they are unable to discuss, why would they allow an ignorant man like Shamsi to go around debating other ignorant people in high Park, why do they not condemn Shamsi for going around and debating other ignorant? Uh, he's an ignorant man, and he debates ignorant people in High Park, meaning ignorant non-Muslims. Why are they committing Shamsi and promoting Shamsi and allowing his videos to be uploaded? But Abu Riyad himself is hiding in the garage in uh, Wright Street, and Abu Khadija is hiding behind a Saudi tea towel in. Right street and unable to come out and debate, meaning only re- shouting at people down the microphone, even shouting at fellow Sunnis and referring to, um, on minor issues, uh, uh, Muhammad bin Hadi issue, as if that issue is an issue of a suluk bin when in reality it's just an issue of Tadr, uh, libel, meaning uh, they claim Muhammad bin uh, someone claimed Muhammad bin Hadi did uh, libel and the other person is claiming he didn't. This is a family issue, a personal issue. It's not an issue of Usul al You have even split your own Salafi movement in, within your own ranks. You have made groups that you, meaning we Asha Iran Sufis, we have Ikhtilaf, we have disputes. But to this day, I have never cut, or even the Sufis, I know, they do not stop giving one another Salam. They do not stop praying behind one another. Even if the, the Ikhtilaf is Shadeed, they still pray salah behind one another. They go to each other's mosques. They do not make a separate mosque. Okay, sometimes public people may do so out of personal vendettas, but scholars have not said to others, do not go to their mosque unless there is an actual creedal issue. Between yourselves, there are no creedal issues. They are far'i issues, subsidiary issues, but you treat them like uh, actual creedal issues. So, these points they are unable to discuss, and they claim that ashia are the philosophers. But if you adjust and you actually studied the 32 volumes of Majmu al Fatawa of Abu Abbas Ahmad bin Taimiya, and you bothered to read his al-Fatawa uh, al-Misriya, also known as al-Fatawa al-Kubra, and his other Rasai, if you bothered to actually read them, you'll realize how much a Sheikh uh, Ahmad bin Taimiya was influenced by philosophy. But our position towards him is not as extreme as yours because within the ashari you find an array of positions. For instance, Ibn Hajar Makki was harsh towards Ibn Taymiyyah and Allah Din al-Bukhari was very harsh. He did takfir. He condemned him as a disbeliever, Allah al-Bukhari. While Ibn Hajar Makki he said he was an innovator. But then you have Ibn Hajr al asqalani who was softer and Badruddin al-Aini who was Ibn Taymiyyah. Or They they to be just towards him, not ascribe anything false towards him. But then you have Tajud-Din uh, and Taqqayuddin al-Subki who were harsh towards him. Then you have Taqyyuddin al-Hisni who was harsh towards him. Likewise you have Ibn Abdin who was softer towards him, even though they condemn the mistakes. And then you have Al Imam Yusuf al-Nabahani who, who does Tarahum says, May Allah have mercy on him. And says i saw a dream of him in paradise meaning the the are more open-minded and more scholarly and academic than your method uh, uh, method, uh your the method of the madakhila a narrow-minded method which is unfit for the modern age unfit even for the old age unfit for the future and it not only splits muslims it splits the the salafi movement amongst themselves to such a degree they do not give salam to one another they do not pray behind one another I do not know if they eat uh, the dabiha, the, the slaughter of one another, but this is the extremism found in uh, the madakhila brand of the, the Salafi movement. So, f- for him to claim that the Asha'ira, their roots are in philosophy, is based upon quotes and citations from Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi. One citation which was brought to my attention was a quote from Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi. So the, the quotation is one page, but the article of the individual is so long that a person loses patience because he does not get to the point. The, where Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi, and this was his style of writing, he says it can be claimed regarding the Ashairah that they also affirm Hawadith for Allah. So to defend Ibn Taymiyyah, he's quoting this because Ibn Taymiyyah affirms Hawadith, contingencies for Allah. So he is saying that the the Sha'ira also affirm Hawadith. So he quotes Alimam Fakhruddin Al Razi, rahimahullah ta'ala, saying it can be claimed the Sha'ira affirm Hawadith. But the passage, that method of Al Razi, rahimahullah ta'ala, is known by those who read his works. What he does, he presents the argument from the opponent. Sometimes without refuting it because the answer is obvious to the reader who is a trained mutakallim uh, himself. In this case, al-imam Mahrdin al Razi states that the Tanjiz, the tanjiz the effectuation of the divine attributes is hadith, is contingent. So someone can claim the ashairah state that Hawadith are established with Allah. But this is, of course it has been refuted, I've refuted this earlier on. That what the Ashari Rameen is they say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has always had those attributes. But sometimes the effect the, what they say is the effectuation is contingent. Effectuation means the effect of the divine attribute. For instance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ar-wazaq. He sustains. But then he, cre- he creates someone is created who is sustained, the effect of that. Is contingent. So the deviant sects may claim that Asha'ira also affirm contingencies for Allah. So this man misconstrues this passage of Imam Fakhruddin al Razi and then writes an entire article claiming Imam Fakhruddin al Razi affirms contingencies for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he does this in other passages of Asharis.com. If you ever have the patience to read that website, if you read that website, really you should read a book an entire book, I mean a proper book, written by real scholars, even the books of Ibn Taymiyyah. So another example of this, he says Ibn Qajar was not a real Ashari because in some of these passages he says Pa'labul Ashariyah. So he quotes Fathul Bari where in Fathul Bari you say Pa'ala Bahdul So because Ibn Qajar is saying some of the Ashari say, it means he was not really an Ashari, meaning he, even though his entire Fatḥ al-Bāri, uh, especially Kitāb is filled with the same belief as al-Shā'ira. But this is absurd because sometimes uh, even a Sunni scholar will say ta'ala baʿdu sunnah Some of the ahl sunnah said it doesn't mean the person is not uh, not ascribing himself to Ala sunnah These are the types of absurdities Abu Iyad uh, Amjad rafiq comes out with in his uh, website asharies.com. So then. Uh, an additional absurdity, which they mentioned that you are shy. if you do not say Allah is uh, Note this, they say you are You say Allah, you say Allah is not above the Arsh. We do not say that. We say Allah is above the Arsh. We do say Allah is above the Arsh. But we say, but when someone takes that literally like a body, literally like a body or seated on the Arsh or jalous on the Arsh, or they say Bidati, they add all these additions. We say no, we establish Al-Fawtiya al-Mutalaqah, unrestricted uh, loftiness for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, al al Mutlaq, the unrestricted loftiness for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then when people like Abdul Hasan say uh, it is sitting, we refute them. We say no, it does not mean sitting. Or if they say Mazzul is coming down, literally, or if they say this type of statements, then we go into ta'wil in accordance with the rules of Arabic language, not the ta'wil of the Anwar Bati, the false ta'wil, which you equate the uh, the ta'wil of the, uh, the Ash'ari scholars, and then you ignore. So they will quote the Hadith of the slave girl, or make reference to to the Isra uh, and Isra and Ma'arad. The night journey and ascension of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu wasallam, but you will ignore the Hadith. An authentic Hadith, and those who know the Hadith will know the sourcing of the Hadith. The Hadith is found in the books of Sunnah that Allah was, and there was nothing with Him. This is the belief of the ash'aria that Allah was. And there was nothing with him. And then the, the Ashari scholars, especially the Sufis, some people they refer to Sufis as a sect. The Sufis are not a sect. I mean, the, the orthodox, real Sufism, like the fan, that found in Ar-Risalah al they add an addition. I mean, they they are also from Ahlu Sunnah wal They say he is now as he was. meaning mean, Allah was. And there was nothing with him, and he is now as he was. So, so, space is created by Allah. So, for someone to say, "Is he in the universe or uh, out the universe?" If someone says to you, a brick wall, "Can the brick wall is the brick wall hearing and seeing?" You will say a brick wall is not described with hearing and seeing. If someone said to you, "A sword is a sword ascribed with hearing and seeing," you will say this is not the definition of a sword. So when you define something, you, you define it with its appropriate attributes. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَلِلَّهِ الْمَثَلُ الْأَعْلَى al-a'la, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not described within or out. And this is why the, the statement is ascribed to an Imam Ja'far As-Sadiq radiyallahu anhu. our Imam by the way, not the Imam of the Salafis, uh, the Shia. هو إمام الإمام جعفر رضي الله عنه على رأسه سيدنا الإمام جعفر رضي الله عنه. he says whoever claims Allah is in something of منشئ uh, uh, or from something of فشئ. this is what he means. this statement is found in الرسالة الكشيرية. so many of the things which uh, the statements which are ascribed to الإمام أحمد bin Hammad, الله تعالي, you'll find those which support the scholars of the Ashairah and then you have ascriptions made which must be checked and verified. Inshallah this is sufficient as an introduction to the entire topic. The topic itself is deep and vast. I intend Inshallah to further detail this topic in the future. We will open up now for questions and answers. There are many questions that have been asked in the past and there are also questions that are being asked currently so if there are any uh, questions please type your questions and the brother's here will pass on the iPad upon which the questions are written so a question here if the slave girl pointed up isn't it logical to tell a child also to do so there's no prohibition of someone pointing up There's no prohibition. So uh, if someone uh, points upwards, there's no prohibition in order to affirm the loftiness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if the person is asked and says Allah is located physically upwards, then he is corrected. But if someone out of their fitrah looks up to the heavens, or raises the hands. This does not mean that person is believing Allah is located in the heavens. I'll tell you how. When we go to Makkah Al-Mukarramah, your fitrah turns towards the Kaaba. You supplicate and you look at the Kaaba and you do dua. Is this not the case for every believer? Does this mean Allah is located in the Kaaba? The answer is no. So likewise, the person when he points upwards does not mean that Allah is physically located upwards, and when a person looks at the Kaaba, they do not mean Allah is located in the Kaaba. <coughs> uh, th- the second question is Tiwa does have 15 or so meanings, but when Allah comes before it, doesn't it mean Istiqrar meaning? ar uh, This is a question relating to Lughah, language. First, istiqrar would be negated by the muhkar verses of the Quran. So we know linguistically, even if someone pulls out this linguistical point, I'll give you an example. In the Quran, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala says, Have you taken security from what? Mephis from the one who is in the heavens so the Salafi movement say can mean like in the verse of the Quran where Firaun addresses the magicians I shall crucify you upon the date trees upon the date trees so they say look fi means Allah because the person is crucified on the trunk of the tree, upon the tree, not in the tree. But this is the response to this: is that when the person is crucified, he is embedded upon the trunk of the tree, that the zarf becomes like the mother roof, meaning the one on top becomes like the the receptacle or the one that which he is placed upon. The zarf becomes like the mother roof, so they become like one. Therefore, fi when the person is placed on top, the meaning is literal, as if the person is in the tree, because he is nailed onto the tree. So whenever you have a verse of the Quran, the output of which contradicts a machan of the Quran, that is negated. So linguistically, if it was exceed, that Allah when it comes with upon uh, istiwa, comes in the meaning isti Quran, this is still negated because Two reasons. One is that the Muqqam is decisive in interpreting the Qur'an and secondly, the rules of grammar are taken from the Qur'an. The Qur'an does not take, uh, the the rules of grammar do not dictate the Qur'an. The grammar rules are taken from the Qur'an itself and I'm sure if we look into more detailed works, you will find more detailed answers. So uh, after I finish this list, I will go on to the online questions also. So if Allah is not above the throne, where is he? Uh, the question is saying, don't say where, where, wherever he was before. Explain. I've already explained that, that this question is invalid because someone may say, why did the messenger of Allah sallallahu say it Ain Allah? That is permitted. Because what you mean by that Ain Allah meaning where is Allah in terms of negating location for Allah in terms of location for idols? If someone says Allah is in the in the temple, and you say Ain Allah, and he says fi sama, it's negation of that. But if they mean Ain Allah meaning a physical location for Allah, the question is invalid from the onset. The questioner uh, states Abdul Rahman Hassan. And old man the Mishti have done extensive refutation of Hanafi Fiqh channel uh, with said evidence against him. What's your take on this? I have not heard the Hanafi Fiqh channel and I have not heard the refutations. I heard part 10 of Abdul Ahmad Hassan's clip where Abdul Rahman Hassan is refuting the Hanafi Fiqh channel on where the early Khanabilah and this is something important, the verse of the Quran wa asta in Yaba Atha Rabbuk Mahmuda that your Lord shall soon place you in a praiseworthy station. The verse of the Quran. The ashari another say this is a atul Kubrah. And remember the Mu'attazilah denied Ashafa atul Kubra. So there's no similarity between the Asharis and Mu'attazilah. Some of the Khanabila the early Khanabila they said and they say about Bar Bahari that whenever he would sit in a majlis he would mention this that it means iq'adu sallallahu alayhi wasallam ala al-Arsh meaning he will make the Prophet sallallahu alayhi sit on the Arsh next to him meaning Allah will make the Prophet sallallahu alayhi sit next to him see if they just said sitting, sitting on the Arsh that would be no problem because uh, the Asha'i, the uh the Sunnis don't believe Allah is literally sitting on the throne. It's a creation like any other creation and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specified it because it encompasses the entire universe. So Ar Rahmanu Al Abshistawa has the same meaning as fum mastawa ibastamahi fasabwah sab asamawat. Same word. So the Quran states, then Allah made istiwa to the heavens, to the sky. as-sama, The heavens. Before they were seven heavens. as sama Before they were seven heavens. Fasabwahuna Sab Asamawat. He made them into seven heavens. So istiwa here is is in the Quran. The same meaning is for Allah Al-Shistawa. The merciful. Made Istiwa upon the throne. Meaning the way Allah made Istiwa with the heavens, likewise with the throne. So The same meaning. Tafsirul Quran bil Quran, and I think this tafsir is ascribed to Imam Sufyan Thawri from Aslafus Saniyah. I cannot verify from memory, but it is found. So Tafsirul Quran bil Quran, simple. Or if I say One Who holds the Kingdom. Uh, blessed is the one in whose yad is the kingdom. The same meaning as yad al tafsirul Qur'an with Quran. So the when explaining this, he said, Ita'adul Nabi al arsh This is a forgery made by the early Hanabilah. Now, if a Barelvi said this, they would have written Fatawa of Kufar and this belief that the Baelwis. They believe the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam sits on the arch next to Allah. They are mushrikin. They are kaburiun. The the nikah is invalid. Uh, the the fatwa these Wahhabi fatwa against the, what they refer to as Barelvis. Uh, in fact, the early Wahhabis. Now they're trying to re-identify as Afaris. But they they would say the Barelvi women are no longer married to their men. Their women can be taken as slave girls. In the early 90s, they would say these type of things. Some of them are trying to divorce themselves from this now. So, if the Bareilis are given this fatwa, if uh, uh, stated this, a fatwa of shirk would have been placed on them. But Abdurrahman Hassan, you have been unjust that you refer to the Sunni Muslims as mushrikin, polytheists for ta'wil, and refer to them as tabouriyun. And you even say Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab achieved more than the four Imams. Because he carried out his ideology, he does say this in Daruta al Akli wa in his Darus. Go and listen to them. So you have been unjust, yet you defend this forgery of the early Hanabila that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi sits on the arch, and then you ascribe it to Mujahid. So then, this is where we go into the methodology. The methodology is false. Al-Tawari, he says, this is finally a Tawari. If you go, see this is where the methodology of these people is, is flawed. The tafsir of a Tabari, if you read the introduction, Al-Tabari says that he left the names of the rijal of the Asanid so the scholars can verify. So it does not mean al-Tabari is affirming these reports. This is the method of al-Tabari. Your methodology is similar to the Shia alwafid Hadith. How the Shia Alwafid Hadith they just quote books. Your method is the same without understanding what you are reading. What they do is that this is in Tawari, this is an Adur al Mansur, this is an invalid method. At Tabari he placed those asanid so people can verify that asanid. Verifying scholars can check that effort from Mujahid is inauthentic. It's in fact a forgery, and it is not valid. And Mujahid has other statements ascribed to him which you will never accept. So that is rejected straight away, but you presented that as authentic to your blind followers. Because the modern Salafi movement claimed that the followers of the four madhabs and the Sufi groups and all the others are blind followers, but in reality the modern Salafi movement are blind followers. They just take whatever they are given, but that effort is not proven. And in fact, the haddak as you said in our previous debate at the haddak I challenge you to prove that the prophets of Allah will be seated on the ash next to Allah you can never prove this from the Quran and the Sunnah okay. you have the early Hanabina forged this and these are the types of beliefs you are peddling and then you refer to us as the you refer to us as مشركون. When in reality you are the one who has ascribed such enormities to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, this is the type of injustice you people do. So that is the only segment I have heard. Then uh, the additional questions are not irtafa and ala Sahih interpretations for istikrar. I am sure the Sahaba said so. Brother, if you are sure, then please give me the citation. Do not just say I am sure. And even if you find these sources, you will find that they are spurious sources. Why are these? Is the modern Salafi movement adamant in quoting weak hadith for a smart wasiqa? So when debating us in fiqh in jurisprudence, you say you must use, utilize only sahih hadith. In fadail amal virtuous actions, you say to us, you must only utilize weak hadith, uh, authentic hadith, even though scholars admit Weak hadith, in fadail amal virtuous actions. But when it comes to al-asma' sifat you run to al-naqdu al-malisi, a book which is so weak. You run to uh, al-raddu al-jahmiya and the work of Sunnah, which ascribe silly things. For instance, in there you find al-imam al-wahhiniya was asked. Regarding a man who said he he believes in the Kaaba but he is not sure whether the Kaaba is in one place or another place, and Imam Abu Hanifa supposedly said he is a believer. And, and Imam Abu Hanifa was asked, "A man who believes in the uh, the Prophet صلى but he isn't sure is it uh, uh, Sayyiduna Muhammad from Quraysh sallallahu الله عليه وسلم?" And an Imam Abu Hanifa said he is a believer. These are enormities ascribed to an Imam Abu Hanifa. Forgeries in these books that are found. These are the sources you run to. Meaning, you say you take from the son of Salihun, like the Shia, like the Rwaafid. Your sources are invalid. So the the Shia Rwaafid, they have Al Kutub Al which they claim they took from Al Kutub Al Arba'a They say 400 books were sourced down to four books. Uh, and then al-Kafi and Usul al-Kafi and then Al Imam al Mahdi came and verified these books and they ascribe all these things to Al Imam Jafar al-Sadiq Radiallahu is free from this and the uh Bayt are free from all this. Likewise, you the modern Salafi movement take from spurious books like As Sunnah, uh, an a Nuqta al Murisi, Kitabu Tahidah uh, Ibn Huzaima which Ibn Husayma retracted Mentioned by Imam al-Bayhaqi, and Ibn Rajab said this is a book which a student should learn how not to write, because Ibn Khuzaima wrote it in his youth. Or then you move to the eighth century and you quote al-Alu about Zahabi, when Imam al-Zahabi, rahimahullah, himself changed many of his views, as you find in Sirat al-Alam al-Nubala, and even in al-Alu, you find certain comments which contradict your own belief it's just a compilation of quotes these are compilations of quotes you never check the chains you never verified the chains you never verify the narrators you never check the authenticity of the ascription and then you say the salaf said this and the salaf said that and you ascribe hadith to the messenger of allah uh, uh, another question do asha'ris hold any conflict between reason and revelation the asha'irah Okay, this goes back to the claim that the Ash'ara give superiority to the Apple over revelation, and they ascribe this to Imam Fakhruddin Al Razi. Even with the debate uh, with Abdul Rahman Hassan in that debate, Abdul Rahman Hassan he claimed that Imam Fakhruddin Al Razi in a sense of Taqdis uh, gave superiority to the aq. In the debate, I did not entertain that statement because it was off-topic. But I wanted to ask him to quote the actual reference from asasu taqtis What these people do, they do not even read the works of a sheikh Ahmed bin Taymiyyah. If they do, they may read a passage or two. They read books written by the modern Salafi scholars, which uh, mean secondary and tertiary sources. And then interpret the Ashari books, so they will quote Ibrahim al-Bajuri and his commentary on the Jawharah, but they never read the entire work. Mm. Or they will quote uh, the works of Alimam Fakhruddin al-Razi, but they will never sit down. You need patience to read through these books. Meaning, fi about patience, sit down and read I'alam al-Muawqi'in. Sit down, the book al Qayyim. or sit down and have patience and read uh, the. Tafsir uh, of Ibn Taymiyah, uh, two chunky volumes. Sit down and read. Do justice to the man before you claim anything regarding him. Sit down and read his Minhajul Sunnah. Because sit down and read his Dar al al Akli wal and all these other works that he has: Fatwa al Hamawiyyah al Kubra and his Majmuat Rasail and Majmu al Fatawa, Sit down and do justice to the individual. Likewise, when you quote the Ashari works, sit down and actually read what they wrote. So, uh, some of the questions online here, someone states, a few, brother called Waqas Riyaz. So, if there are any questions before Waqas Riyaz, they've gone too high. So, please, if your questions are not being answered, rewrite your questions as I will be scrolling down. A few errors you have made regarding the Salafis. please correct and clarify. Number one, <laughs> Ibn Taymiyyah did say hellfire will end in his book. <laughs> <laughs> Page three I'm, uh, brother, I'm sorry, but this is not the work of Ibn Taymiyyah. <laughs> this is the work. Uh, I think this brother is Ashari, so he's saying that I'm. Uh, wrong in saying Ibn Taymiyyah, didn't say this. That was a refutation of Ibn Taymiyyah. It was claimed regarding Ibn Taymiyyah. Now, I do not doubt those scholars who said he said this, but I'm saying you do not find this in any of his printed works. In any of his printed works, you do not find this. So this book you have quoted, they were refuting this claim. Uh, Strangely enough, Yasir al-Qadi is from what I have been told, is defending this position now, and also Yasir al His PhD was regarding Imam Fakhruddin Al Razi and Sheikh Ibn Taymiyya. I've not read this PhD. It would be interesting to read how this individual moved from literalism to uh, reformism. And by the way, Abdul Rahman Hassan, he, he made another mistake. He says Jamaluddin Al Afghani and Muhammad Abdu and Rashid Rida al Asha'ira. They were not ashaira, their backgrounds were ashaira, they left the Ashari method, and they refuted the Ash'ira. And the Ashairah refuted them, like Zahid al-Kothri and Mustafa Sabri. So these are the types of misinformation you place out there for your students. So number two Hadith Putsi about Allah comes running to us bin Ba states we must say on the literal meaning. Fatawa Bin Baz Volume Five Page three three hundred and seventy four, Al also states the same in his I, I do not think uh, Al has a فتاوة, but maybe he did say this in some of his as al thaimin. All three of the major Salafi preachers have stated Allah literally jogs above the sky. Again, if I don't I haven't read this, I will not quote them as saying as such. You have to be just with them. I'm not confirming or denying. But that doesn't make me mistaken regarding the Salafis in this case. Why did Ibn Qudla differ with Imam Ahmad? These differences, firstly, what you state as the position of Imam Ahmad, you will have to verify from uh, scrutinize sources, because Tawqatul Khana'ida, you would have to scrutinize the chains of narration and anything ascribed to Imam. Uh, Ahmad bin Hamad Even the book uh, a sunnah ascribed to Bahari they say it's the Fuji of uh, Gulam Khalil. And Dr. Jubril Khaddad wrote an entire, uh, oh the work of Gulam Khalil. Dr. Jubril wrote an entire article on this. So when you say Ibn Qullab is different with Imam Ahmad, you have to verify what positions are being ascribed rightly to Imam Ahmad, and also do those differences all into valid itilaf because there is valid itidaf like that between the Ahnul Athar اثر the Maturidis and the Asha'ih, these are valid itidaf. Some Wahhabis now are relabeling themselves as Athari. But you cannot relabel yourself as Atari unless you have clear condemnation of these early Hanabila who fell into Tajseen like what I mentioned regarding uh, Uthman bin Sa'id al-Darmi, or the, the worker Abdullah bin Ahmed ascribed to him, which has many mistakes. Without clear condemnation, you must have the position of Ibnu al-Josi and the position of uh Ibn Balban and other Khanabirah like as found in the word Qala Idul So Al-Jassas rejecting seeing Allah in next life and doing ta'wil of verse as انتظار ثواب. Uh, rejection of رؤيا is a uh, rejection of ijma. Okay. So if uh, Al-Jassas made this mistake, then other scholars will correct. Like I said, we do not follow the methodology of the Salafi movement. If you find a mistake in the work of a book. Then you have the right to correct that mistake. This doesn't mean a disparagement of the scholar. You can still respect the scholar, like uh, Imam Yusuf Al-Nabahani respected uh, Ibn Taymiyya. Many ulama, the Shaykha, did, but they corrected the mistake. And this is the most important thing. People become uh, they become focused on the individual and not correct the mistake. Philip Jones, and you—you've got the nerve to call President Macron insane. Just listen to this loony, uh, Philip Jones. May Allah guide you. My brother asks, what is the difference between Allah's attributes of will, irada and mashia' ordainment, qada' and decreeing <coughs> qadar? Qada' is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has preordained in his divine knowledge. Qadar is what is actualized and effectuated in the real world. This is the difference between al qadr and al qadar. And We interpret the divine attribute of life without anthropomorphizing Allah. Uh, when we say we are life, it means a beating of a heart, blood flowing through our veins, uh, and uh, a breathing. These meanings are negated from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is that divine attribute which validates for Him to have all the other attributes. That's what it means simply. That attribute which validates for Him to be described with all the other attributes. Uh, Brother Ihsan, he has a question, did the salaf prior to imam Ahmed, Al-Imam Al-Ash'ari and Ibn Kullar praise Ilmul kalam and if so, where can we find this praise, and what regulations did they place on, upon learning it, the term Ilmul kalam in the early generations, as utilized by Imam Al-Shafi'i, Muhammad bin Idris and others, was in reference to the Kalam of the uh, Muqtazila, the methodology of the Muqtazila, and this was dispraised. They condemned it, and they had they gave judgment regarding those who utilize al-mulkalam. Al-mulkalam, in its broader sense, is re, a, a reference to utilizing the methodology of the ima, of the opponent in order to refute him and defend the book and the sunnah because of the subtlety involved. They prevented people from falling this this fatwa. Would fall into what we refer to as sadhu daray. But ilm al kalam, without naming it kalam, was found in the earlier generations. When Abdullah bin Abbas, radiAllahu anhu, went and debated the Khawarij, today that would be called uh, labeled as kalam. Or when Sayyiduna Ali, radiAllahu an, uh, debated the Jews, seventy Jews came to visit him. When the seventy Jews came to debate him. Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu an, as is mentioned in the Hilyatul Awliya debated them, the chain of narration has one m- missing link between Ali anh, uh, in, in the anha, in the chain there is one missing link but all the narrators are Thiqaat so between Ali radiallahu an and the narrator there is one missing link but it mentions the debate of Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu an with the 70 Jews the Jews were affirming anthropomorphic beliefs for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so likewise, Umar bin Abdul Aziz, the Khalifa, he debated people. One man he debated came to visit him, and after the debate, the man retracted many of his positions, and he said, "You have guided me, O Amirul Muminin." Likewise, Imam Shafi wrote a work, I think, against the Qadaria. Imam Malik, there is a work ascribed to him. Also, there are a few works ascribed to the early Salaf that they wrote against the sects this later became known as ilm al-kalam so the Sunni ilm al-kalam developed separate to the Mu'tazili ilm al and ibn Asakir points this out ibn Asakir came later he, he was a historian and muhaddith and he points this out that the the development of the Sunni ilm al-kalam by the way ibn Asakir also wrote a book tabyin al-kadhib al-muftari and in there the ascription of the work al-Ibana al is ascribed to Al-Imam Abu hasan al-Ash'ari so what the Salafi movement claim is that Al-Imam Abu Hassan hasan al-Ash'ari changed these views in the last third part of his life, this is the claim made but the, the Ashari's have a few positions regarding the work al-Ibana al Usul one view is that the book is tampered they say تلاعبت بالأيدي uh, أيدي مجس مجسمة that the hands of the anthropomorphists played with the book and they cite the different manuscripts the difference is a wording done in the different manuscript but a, a living proof of that is if you check the wording of الإبانة in تاريخ ابن عثاقي you'll find that the wording of the الإبانة is different to the printed edition that we have So, Ilmul Kalam developed separately to the Mu'tazali Kalam. Why people confuse the two is because the later Ash'ari scholars utilized some of the philosophical terms, but they were only utilizing those terms in order to refute the philosophers. And there is something additionally uh, important, which is that the Later, Ash'aira, it is claimed, said that your iman is only valid if you know these philosophical arguments. Is this true? The answer is no. They do not say this. Abdurrahman Hasan again misquotes the Ash'aira. If he bothered to check Al Kubra of Imam Al Sunusi, rahimahullah, ta'ala, he will find that Imam Al Sunusi says the the iman of the Bedouin. Is valid the iman of the old woman is valid. The kalam is only developed for those who use utilize these for sophisticated arguments. They do not hold the mu'tazili position that you need to know philosophy or the philosophical arguments to validate your iman. It is sufficient if someone says, "I believe in the Quran and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam." Simple belief. The kalam was only developed to tackle those people who and brought forth sophisticated arguments. This is something very important to understand. There is an account. Taqiuddin Ibn Taymiyyah is watching. For someone who is confused whether to follow Ashari or Maturidi, Aqida, which should they follow? They are both the same. The only difference, six points, and the common man does not even need to know those six points. So, if you read the Aqida Wal Imam al Tahawi, rahimahullah, the short Aqida work. <coughs> That work is the the work of the Sunnah wa Jama'ah. In that work, uh, the Aqidah is that of the Atharis, the Asha'irah, and the Maturidis in one work. So the common man just follows that work. In that work, Imam Abu Ja'far al Tahawi says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not contained by the six directions and is not described with body parts. If you check the the so-called Salafi movement editions of that work like Nasiruddin Al-Albani's edition, or uh, Al-Iz bin Ibn Abil-Iz al al khalafis commentary you'll find them attempting to correct Al-Imam Abu Ja'far al-Tahabi at this point One of them even says, this is perhaps an error uh, of the manuscript uh, or he is not correct in saying this, you even find this in the edition because it doesn't agree with their belief in ascribing literal direction to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shaykh al-Kadiji any point. So some Salafis say Imam Abdul Qadir Al-Jilani and some Hanabila believe that Allah spoke with an actual voice. Uh, this is a description of salt. the word salt to Allah. Now, if you utilize the principle that I mentioned, that we do not take Al-Mutabil al ila dehm. And then we do tafid al to Allah. Use the principle that we when we say voice, does it mean like our voice? that is that is done away with then we do al ma'na to Allah so these type of quotations are not problematic in themselves the problem is the understanding that of those who hear these types of citations as well as the fact that some of the uh, books have been tampered and this is something that needs to be looked into critically and i've mentioned to the salafi uh, movement in the uk that brings someone learning forward to discuss this issue to sit down with me and sit down and discuss this issue in a scholarly manner the message has been sent through, through people i know in the salafi circles in the uk that brings someone forward to discuss this in an academic and scholarly fashion An additional question, pseudo-Solafis divide Zahir into two categories Zahir-Tarkibi and Zahir-Mufrat. Please expand on this methodology, is flawed and why. Please give, give example of a verse or a hadith where it is not possible to apply, to apply this methodology. They say Zahir-Tarkibi is the hadith verse explains itself regarding the attributes and Zahir Mufrad as in taking it literal from the actual word. You see, again that would lead to flawed conclusions because if you say it's self-explanatory, that would be like al refer to al-Sifatul Ma'an. And if you say uh, zahir, uh, zahir al-Mufrad, which is taking it literal from the actual word, it would it would go back to the additional problem, which is the literal would mean body parts in some cases. So they would have to negate the body parts and then they go on to means which are possible and they end up in the same, on the same road as the Asha'irah. Okay. The question regarding the hadith in Sahih Muslim in which it mentions Allah will come in a form other than his actual form and then come to it, uh, and come then come him to the, in what they mean I think the person has miswrote this so the hadith is referring to his on the day of judgment Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala will come in His surah the word used is surah form translated as form the word surah here comes in the meaning of sifa, attribute, meaning Allah Subhanahu wa Taala shall manifest Himself with His divine attribute. What is the hadith for this surah can come in the meaning of sifa? In a hadith, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam describes the believers, and he says, "On the Day of Judgment they will be resplendent, like the surah qamar like the surah of the moon." But it doesn't mean the the physical form of the moon. It means the, the sifa of the moon, which is the, the illumination of the moon. So this means the word surah comes in the meaning of sifa. So the meaning is Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will manifest a divine attribute, which the the believers were unaware of. And then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will inform them that this is His divine attribute. Ihsan uh, uh, is asking the same question Did the Salaf prior Imam Ahmad, Imam Ashari, and Ibn Kullar, praise al kul- 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 Kalam? I've answered this previously that they dispraised Kalam and they meant the Mu'tazili Kalam. And the Sunni Kalam developed over time until it was also termed as being Kalam. And then people confused the two. What books of Ashā'ira would you recommend in English? Some of the books are the, there is Sunni publications, not the Salafi publications. Sunni publications based in Netherlands. They have some good, reliable books, uh, which I would recommend to people. Hassan Iqbal did Sayyiduna Ali say, Allah is as He was before He created the throne. This is ascribed to Sayyiduna Ali But like I mentioned, any ascription you give to any one of the Sahaba, Ali Idwan, or to uh, a of Salihun, the verification of that chain needs to be done. You cannot just uh, throw out quotes. This is what the pseudo-Salafis do. They throw out quotes without verifying. So, I would say I read this ascribed to Sayyidunayyidullah, but the chain needs to be verified and checked crit critically. What are the views of the Ahl sunnah regarding Ibn Qayyim as he does do ta'wil in the verse of Istiwa in Madaraj al-Saliki? You see, uh, individuals are not important, but uh, the, the Ash'ari scholars refuted Ibn qayyim in his lifetime and after he passed away also and various issues so you can read a sayf al saqee of As-Sukhi rahimahullah ta'ala. Hassan Iqbal says Christians are now using these arguments by the attributes of Allah against Muslims in places like Hyde Park what should Muslims do? firstly the Wahhabis have caused big problems in Hyde Park Yasser al-Qadi caused a problem with the, the قراءات issue, and Yasser al-Qadi will always be a in my eyes until he totally denounces uh, what he wrote regarding Imam Fakhr al razi Your reformist uh, reformist ideas do not uh, make you If You need to move away from this uh, Tainian way totally, and your arguments, mean Yasser al your arguments about the Quran are utilized by Christians. Then in high part we have Wahhabis also debating Christians, but because they have Wahhabi methodology, their methodology is flawed, and in debates they can only shout and use personal abuse against me, like Abdul Rahman Hassan. That's all they can do: shout down the opponent. This is what they do in debates, I mean, an emotional tactic. But in actual uh, discourse, your ideology would be dismantled from the riwayat, from the narrations, to, in both ways, from the rational and the textual. The rational and the textual, your methodology will be <coughs> totally dismantled. Someone asked what is the difference between sifatul ma'ani and sifatul ma'nawiya? The response is sifatul ma'ani, qualitative attributes, is like saying Allah has ilm. And then him being knowledgeable is referred to as a sifat al manawiya Predicated Attributes. So Allah having knowledge is sifatul mana Allah being knowledgeable is as sifat al To stop a common person delving too deep into these attributes such as yet, Where should he stop with his rational, rational mind when coming across these attributes? the common muslim just states what the quran and hadith state in their original language not like what some of the wahhabis are doing like this man known as a Sheikh faiz from australia another khariji wahhabi imbecile with no brain who says uh, god has a hand literally and other types of uh, statements the common man does not follow these wahhabi scholars what you say is you repeat what the Quran says, what the Sunnah says in the original, and that's it. Uh, after this, if the Wahhabis add additional words, then the Ashari falcons will come and destroy their arguments. David Huber. Uh, How can Allah be eternally the creator when creation is contingent? Eternally the creator, meaning He has eternally willed for something to be created. So from eternity God willed for something to be created. But the effectuation comes about in time. So I don't know if David is a Christian uh, attempting uh, to Use these arguments yeah. against the Muslims. There are some Christians, I think, listening to our life. There will be a book out Uh Jawahar Khan. Your questions are very long. Jawahar Khan states. Tawheed wa sifat of pseudo-salafi considered that it is obligatory to believe that Allah have hands and hearts of body and if questioned then they replied that it is not like humans but as per his Shown. shan I think you should use total English here and one should not imagine about it but not to reject also Brother if you listen to the entire lecture we've already answered these questions. Please rewind and watch the entire uh, lecture. International. Like international. Second question, also if you know, some of these questions are off topic. Jomo Williams, what are the valid mazayl al-aqidah? There are three, ash'ari ma turidi al-athari, but Athari, the term athari today is utilized by pseudo uh, Salafis and should not be confused with the real athari creed. The real athari creed was represented by Abdul Rahman bin al-Jawzi and others. What is the stance of Al-Sunnah ibn Taymiyyah? Short answer, there is no agreement on the stance. There is conflict. Some scholars did takfir, anathematise him, others said he was a saint. They went that far. But there is no our issue is not to become fixated on an individual, it's to refute the ideas. The Salafi Movement believe Abdul Rahman Hassan won the Istighatha Debate. Do you agree if not why? Abdulrahman Abdul Rahman Hassan lost the debate because he was unable to answer a single question. If you rewatch the debate, you will realize I attempted to answer all his questions. And many times he went off topic. Uh, for instance, attempting to correct me on Ibn al-Athir in the very beginning. And then Ibn al-Fawraq, when you can say Ibn al-Fawraq and Fawrak. He became petty and then Al-Jili and Al Jilani and attempting to correct uh, he recited the Quran run and he was attempting to correct my Arabic, which he, all the corrections he did were not actual corrections. So some of his non-Arabic speaking followers, Salafis who don't speak Arabic, were thinking he's actually correcting the, the Arabic. He made a uh, he made a Mansub which is uh, meaning a mansoob mafroun bihi, of a verb, he made it majroob, which is a major mistake. And I corrected him twice and he still read it majroob, which is a major mistake in Arabic. So even when he was being petty, I was correcting him. Then, because those young salafis believed if you shout harder, you see the shout at the opponent, the harder you shout, you win the debate. So he was shouting harder than me, and then the debate was supposed to be six hours. During the debate, he asked me to shorten the debate. So we shortened the debate to four hours. I wanted to go on for a longer two hours to refute him on the hadith because I was going to present the hadith proof and authenticate the hadith. So he cut down the debate himself and then he attempted to weaken the hadith. To this day, he has been unable to answer the rational arguments and the hadith authentication. And now he should step forward or any one of his representatives or anyone from the Salafi Movement should step forward and debate me and ask me about the divine names and attributes which I initially offered him, and he refused. Why he ran is because this would have been exp- exposing their methodology. Instead, they just label us as Qaburion, or Jahmia, or Muattila. Stop using the nicknames and come forward. What would be the response to some modern scholars who attribute, attribute to themselves to the ashari and to the of of Sufis, mainly Ibn al Arabi, rahimahullah? I am one of the, Adem, the uh, admirers of Ibn al Arabi, rahimahullah, and in fact Ahmed bin Tainia was also. He was a former admirer of Ibn al Arabi. So again, we do not become fixated on the individual. There were some scholars who condemned Ibn Arabi and even did Takfir. You read those con- condemnations of uh, of sa al-Din al-Taf'tazani or Alauddin al-Bukhari, his student, and other scholars also. But then there were scholars who defended him, like Jalal al-Din al-Suyuti and Abdul Wahhab al-Shaarani, which is a position I take and the scholars I studied with in Damascus and our Pakistani shiukh take that position. So our Syrian shiukh, Pakistani shiukh, and our shiukh from Al-Qurma, they tend to read the works of Ibn Arabi. But this is the difference. Do they defend devious views ascribed to him? The answer is no. They refute them. They refute any deviated view. And this is the position people should take regarding Ibn Taymiyyah. If they respect the individual, that is fine. But they should refute the deviated views. And a second difference between Ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn Arabi is that the views ascribed to Ibn Arabi are rejected by his followers and they say they are forged. But with Ibn Taymiyyah, this is not the case. They sometimes acknowledge, he did say this, but they don't refute it and they don't condemn it. And this is elucidated by a Shaykh Muhammad Saeed Ramadan al Bhutri in his book As Salafiyyah, who had a very balanced view, and I would consider him from the Shiu Khabah Sulnaw Jannah in Damascus. A brother asked Allah's knowledge of Ma'adumat, what should we believe regarding this? Ma'adumat are non existent, so the <coughs> knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you would say this is like saying the knowledge of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regarding the non existent and the knowledge of allah encompasses the mustahib, the wajib and the ja'iz this is the short answer the mu'tazila they believe madhum is a thing is something the ahlu sunnah see notes that ash'ari always contradict the mu'tazila this claim that the ash'aris are from the mu'tazila the ash'aris are always contradicting them and refuting them so the the Mu'tazila believe the mind determines what is good and bad. The Ash'aris don't say this. They say Allah, the 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 law of Allah, only tells us what is good and bad. Yet Abdul Rahman Hasan and Abdul Rahman the Mishti and other Salafis in the Anglo sphere, uh, Anglophone Salafis, they always misrepresent the Ash'ari school. Response to when Salafis say, I have a hand, Allah has a hand. But my hand is not like His, and compare with the clock's hand. Response to this absurdity is firstly, Allah has said, Yadullah اللَّهِ فَوْقَئِدِينَ He don't say hand. So you can say, I have a hand. But Allah said, Yadullah اللَّهِ Quote the verse in total. And likewise quote the hadith and that alone makes the distinction. And this absurd thing, I have a hand, Allah has a hand, and a clock has a hand, is absurd, because these are jawami. Our hand is a jami, a solid thing in the external realm. The clock's hand is a solid thing in the external realm. So what are you saying? Allah's hand is an ex- Allah's hand is a solid thing in the external realm. Wa al milla. This is the stupidity of the uh, pseudo Salafi movement. So this is an interesting question. Uh, Shaykh, as per, it is it, is it not permissible to perform salah behind Salafis? I'm in Saudi now, what should I do? All Masajid were run by Salafis. You know, the Wahhabi movement is strange. When the scholars of the subcontinent, some of them, gave a fatwa that do not pray behind the Wahhabis, they had valid grants for this fatwa. Why were the grants valid? The Wahabis firstly are referring to them as Mushrik Kafirs, Kuburiyon, grave worshippers. So if those scholars from the Indian subcontinent refuse to pray behind those scholars, they have every right, because those people are referring to them as great worshippers. So then the Wahabi said, "How can you go to the Haram uh, to Makkah and not pray behind the Imam?" So then Sudais calls for. Unity with Israel through implication, and some of the Wahhabis now stop praying behind him. So where is the argument come now that he is the Imam of the Haram? So your own scholars now refuse to pray behind some of the Saudi Salafis because of their deviancy. But when the Sufis, some of them, because some of them pray, the Shafi fatwa is you can pray, but the valid Hanafi fatwa is you repeat the prayer, or your prayer is not valid behind them totally so this fatwa is a valid fatwa it is not invalid the argument against it is emotion they only have emotion you go to the haram why do not pray down well your own your own salafi scholars now do not pray behind the imams of the haram also when did the athari creed start to get tangled or changed i mentioned this this happened after the lifetime of Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal in around so yeah, Imam Ahmed passed away in 241, and Imam Bukhari said that the Hanabila at that time were ascribing wrong things to Imam Ahmed. So in in the mid 250s it started, and this is why Imam Bukhari was persecuted himself. Salafi say that it is only wrong to say a hand like our hand, and quote Al Imam al-Tirmidhi for this. Is this correct? Uh, actually, if you go back to Kitab al-Zakat of Al Imam al-Tirmidhi al-Jami', you will find him condemning when you say uh, a yad like our yad. But Al Imam al-Tirmidhi doesn't use the word hand. This is where the distinction. You must quote. The verse and the hadith in its entirety, in its original, then you can never fall into tashbih. Mm. So the modern Salafi movement is making a mistake when they start translating all of this into English. Some of them do this hand. When the fatwa of Imam Malik is, if someone does this, his hand should be cut off. Mm. And this has been ascribed to an Imam Ahmad bin Hamdan also. I've read somewhere Al Imam Ahmad stating this. Likewise. Ali Imam Ahmad bin Hamdan, as is stated in Tabaqat al-Hanabilah. Now, when I quoted this, some of the Salafis wanted a reference for this from Tabaqat, so they can check the chain where Imam Ahmad rejects a physical hand for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. But, like you want to check the chain for that, you must check check the chain for all the various ascriptions to Al Imam Ahmad. Anything you ascribe to him must be verified, even. Some of the creed asso- ascribed to Imam al-Shafi'i has been forged. There's a forger. There's a creed ascribed to Imam al-Shafi'i, which was republished by Zuhair Shawish, the associate of Nasr al al-Albani, and the creed is a forgery. Likewise, there are quotes ascribed to Imam Malik and Imam Abu Halifa which are forges in the chains. There are, are forges which are acknowledged by the hadith. Asma'u uh, rijal, books of al-jarhu uh, uh, the narrator, criticism and accreditation. And even the pseudo-salafis accept that those narrators are forgers. So they ascribe forgeries and then they publish these books as the creed of the four imams. Even our friends at Wright Street, and I don't mean the term literally friends, because they're very unfriendly people. You cannot even go into their masjid, except that they are abus. Abus is the frowning. People say, "I don't smile." You need to see some of these pseudo selfies. With me, this is the way Allah created my face. With them, it's done purposely. Any clear statements of Imam Bukhari on sifat, Salafis often say clearly, clearly if mana The response is very clear if you listen. Imam Bukhari stated, a dhakh, a dhakh is rahma. This was ta'wi. Secondly, uh, like Imam Bayhaqi states, isbat al-ma'na is not a problem. Isbat al-ma'na is not a problem. The problem is when you say Al 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 Mutabadil that meaning which comes straight to the mind which is the outward anthropomorphic meaning. If a person wants to leave the Wahhabi creed in Allah and denial of madhab and become a true Sunni, will you have to read many different books or is there a single book in English which can help them to learn the true basic? You just read Aqeedah Tahawiyyah. Just read Aqeedah Tahawiya. I'll tell you to read three books. Aqeedah Tahawiyah, number one. Number two, pick up any book of on any one of the four madhabs, whichever method you want to follow. Hanafi, Shafi'i, Maliki, Hambali. Pick one book of the method and go to a teacher in that school and learn the method. Make sure it's not a Wahhabi. And the third is read the book Al-Shifa uh, of Imam Al-Qadi Iyad bin Musa uh, so, Al-Yahsubi rahimahullah. Three books, and you have left the Wahhabi methodology. Sheikh, in your debate with the Christian, they made a disanalogy between three persons of the Trinity and the attributes of Allah. Is it correct in saying that Allah does not have one attribute in isolation, but He has all his attributes at the same time? I.e., he's not just the most merciful, but is also most just and most powerful at the same time. Yes, that's correct. You cannot say he's, he has modes where he's merciful. Uh, he has all the attributes from eternity. Does this also refute the atheist argument that if Allah is the most uh, merciful, there would be no poverty? How you refute that argument is that Allah is most merciful with whom He wills. He punishes whom He wills. So if there is poverty, He has will for that poverty. And the mercy is not affecting those people in that regard, but it affects them in other regards. On this, uh, you can read my book, Islam Answers Atheism. Again, uh, if someone had listened to this entire lecture, uh, lecture, they would know the answer, got a question. Allah is all hearing and seeing. We can hear and see. We have hands too. And some say Salafi, if Allah is all hearing and seeing, but He is hearing and seeing is not like ours. They use this for the Ayat regarding where it says Yad. But by saying that Allah has not like our ours. Now, again, if you listen to the entire lecture, I answered this at the beginning that there is a distinction between sifatul uh, ma'ani, qualitative attributes, and those things which are solids, external solids. Qualitative attributes are not perceived in the five senses and therefore are ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without tashli, without likeness a hand is a physical entity in the external realm and is perceived with the senses therefore the, the literal meaning is not meant and you go to the other meanings which are possible within the Arabic language this is the answer in summary i would advise you to go back to the beginning of the lecture People are asking me for my individual opinions uh, on people. Individuals. Contemporary people. I cannot give you my personal opinions on individuals. Except those individuals I am refuting. If a person consistently makes mistakes in regards to aqidah and recants when questioned, is this person consi- considered unreli- unreliable in an Islamic sense? Yes, he, he shouldn't be teaching aqidah. Do true authorities exist today? What points do they differ exactly with pseudo True authorities exist in Syria, in Sham, and in Egypt, and even in uh, in Arabian Peninsula, you, know, you have scholars who are true Atherites. They are not affiliated with Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab. They do not associate with Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab. One brother writes saudi commerce minister was quick to boycott turkey products accusing turkey for fueling azerbaijan Armenia. I but we know the the issues with the saudis we do not need to okay david huber doesn't allah's attributes have to be similar to our attributes on some level to understand the meaning of allah's attributes if Allah is totally transcendent and totally dissimilar to creation, how can creative words, concepts like Allah being merciful or loving describe that? See merciful, we know what the meaning of merciful is from the effects of His mercy. So when we say Allah is merciful, we know He is merciful from the effect of the mercy. But you cannot comprehend His attribute of mercy totally from the mind. So you know this from the effect of the mercy. Is the Salafi position and sifat outright kufir or is it kufar lozumi? Al uh, Imam Yusuf al-Dabahali Rahmanullah says we do not do takfir of them. We say it's bidah innovation. We do not do takfir of them based on this. As a whole, as an entity. Do Asharis and Maturidis recognize the Athari Madhab in creed? Yes, they do the correct Athari Madhab, not the uh, interpretations of Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab. A person asks: David Huber, are the attributes of Allah? distinct from its essence? If yes, is it a ontological distinction or maybe conceptual distinction? Well, what the uh, creed books take is that they are not in that and not in that, which is they are not the very essence of the that and they are not other than the that. Is it okay to take non-controversial knowledge like du'as from Salafi scholars? I would say no, (coughs) because the Salafi scholars, they do takfir of us saying we are (coughs) kaburiyun. They deem us as pagans. They do not deem us as Muslims. And therefore, I would not even take neutral knowledge from them. They deem us as pagans, great worshippers, even the polite ones write in the comments sometimes that you are a (coughs) kaburi. You are a great worshipper. What is the Ash'ari and Athari opinion that the Quran is created? The Ash'ari position is the Quran is the Kalam of Allah and the Kalam of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is His divine attribute which is eternal and uncreated. This is the Ash'ari position. where the, Wahhabi movement misquote Ashari. Sharid is where some of them said that there is a kalâm Lafdi, which they mean the physical copy of the Quran on earth. That they say the volume of that volume of the Quran is created meaning the papers, the ink. Now the example that Al-Izbin Abdis gives is that if you write down the name of Allah on a piece of paper, you would say the ink is created the paper is created, the one reciting the name is created, his action is created, but the name of Allah is uncreated. Likewise, the Quran is uncreated. We say the Quran is uncreated, but the pages are created, the ink is created, the rest, the person reciting is created, his actions are created, but the Quran is uncreated, because the Quran signifies the divine attribute like the name of Allah written down on a paper signifies the divine name. Can we have book recommendations of true authority creed? Ibn Qudamah al-Maqdasi's work has been translated recently into English, uh, you will find that if you scroll down my Facebook page, you will find the cover to that book. Shaykh, what's the scholar's view on Abdul Wahab Najd? Did they do takfir on him or do they say he was completely misguided? Again, uh, this is not an issue uh, of takfir, but by agreement they say he was a heretic innovator, by agreement, a khariji. Uh, the entire. Abu Khadija. Nek Adam claims that he is not a Khariji. Abu Khadija, and Abu Iyad, are Khawarij because the very essence of Wahhabism is khuruj 'ala al-imam. So you did khuruj on the, the Khilafa. You say don't do khuruj on the Salbi kings, the Khabith. But you do khuruj upon the khilafa. So your very essence is based upon Khawarij. You are you are no different to Isis. If Abu Osama, if the, not Abu Osama, if Abu Khadija, if Abu Khadija was ruling Birmingham, he would have all the Brellbies killed. This is a fact. The man is a Khariji. He would hang Brellbies from the lamppost and he would destroy the graves of the Brellbies. This is a fact. This is the kind of beliefs these people hold. They are soft on the disbelievers but harsh on the believers. Can you explicate what that means? They are not the that of Allah, but also not other than the that of Allah. On surface, this seems like a contradiction. David, it's like saying uh, the knowledge of Tom is not the essence of Tom but neither is it something other than Tom I hope that makes sense. Did Ibn Qudama call ashari zindiq? I do not know whether he used the word zindiq, but Ibn Qudama is not specific. Uh, I think you are referring to his word "zamut ta'wil." Zamut ta'wil was against invalid ta'wil. Invalid ta'wil, or when someone does ta'wil and they become certain that this is what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala meant. Ahmed سي- uh, Sayf or Sayid, what is the mainstream Sunni position on wahtatul wujud? Is it an acceptable belief? It depends what you mean by wahtatul wujud. We do not believe Allah is indwelling in creation, or creation is Allah. There was a man from Somalia who wrote a work where he condemned ashaira, and he had this wujudiya belief, where he believed Allah is everything, and the, the local ulama placed the fatwa of kufar on him, this disbelief. So it depends what people mean by these terms. Uh, Musa Amin. Some of the Mondays affirm that Allah Azza Wa made big mistakes in Ilm al-Kalam. They say this in regards to Kalam Nafsi and Nafsi. They say he went against Sunni Ash-Shaqi. Uh, this is uh, in a reference to Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal not accepting the distinction made by the latecomers. Not accepting that distinction is the Atheri position. The position of Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal, who said these are the internal disputes. He said, "Do not say this because it can lead to other statements." So, Ahmed Rida Khan, Rahmulla, took that position. So, for them to say he he made a mistake, they should say he took the ethical position. Omar Waleed asked, "Is there clear proof showing the mushriks of Mecca did shirk in rububiyah the answer is yes because we say tawhid this taqsim by the way division was done by Ibn Taymiyah we and the sunnah say they are lazim malzum if you negate one you negate the other if you negate Tawheed uluhiyah you negate tawhid rububiyah and vice versa Okay, we will stop here insha'Allah. Jazallah anna sayidina muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam maa hua ahluf. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati anna yasifoon. Wa salamun ala mursaleena walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.